Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. My voice. I'm half dead from Vegas, but I'm back, baby. I am back with a bang. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell, fresh off Canelo Kovalev weekend as we spin it forward from on the weekly edition this time. I'm sure you downloaded and secured and heard our instant analysis breakdown after the fight. Now we get you ready for what's next including a weekend preview, including wake up and get ready for KSI Logan Paul 2. We got JJ on the show. KSI stops by to tell you why you should care as a boxing fan and tell you why a loss in this fight could ruin his potential entertainment career. You're going to want to check that out. But I know you're not really here for that. You're not here for KSI. You're here for the other guy. The guy you haven't heard in a while, the Bugsian, the Rafa, the man, the ginger, the New York Times bestselling author, the athletics boxing features writer, published author extraordinaire. He's Rafe Bartholomew. Yes, I'll play his theme song. Lick you up, because I never jack. Turn the at night, let me lick you get some sleep. Oh, baby, Rafe Bugs, it's time that you step up and speak to your audience. You jacked from them? Was that your fault or was that DeZone's fault? You know I blame DeZone. I blame UFC. I Everybody who got the score wrong on Saturday night, I blame them all. are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guy that's right that is damn right brian and and the that that the great sport of boxing i'm gonna get way up on my high horse not even because i feel like it just just for fun to act like something actually matters the great sport of boxing i listened to teddy atlas give this rant yesterday the great sport of about 200 years old, used to be the most important sport in the world, reveals a man's soul taking a backseat to something else. Uh Uh-uh. You think I care about what those guys did, that decision that they made, what they put me through, staying up all night, hosting a goddamn live chat with nothing to talk about but Brian Castaño (laughs) and Wale Omatoso fights? While we're wasting time looking at guys half asleep on a couch. <laughs> You're feeling it. That's right. To watch yourself. So, yes, if that's what jacking is, Brian, then I jacked. Wow. Take that, 
John Skipper. Wow. All righty then. Rafe, it's great to have you back on the show this week. Even though I can hear the hardcores, Rafe, you know, um, when I say that term, though, exactly who I'm uh, essentially speaking about. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fan. Thank you, Richard Dwyer. Um, the hardcores, they're, they're cringing at another SOC box episode with another YouTube star ultimately set up and propped up as a guest that they have to listen to. Who the hell is that? <laughs> no, you was going to say that. No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know who those guys are. <laughs> I'm not on YouTube. Rafe, we're going to break that down, that fight down regardless of what anybody thinks, but are you, where do you stand on this, Rafe? Where do you stand on the idea that the SOC is welcoming the Logan Pauls and KSIs and saying, yeah, I kind of care about this fight on Saturday. Is that, do you care about this fight on Saturday? Do you care? Yeah, I, I, I do. I kind of care. It's kind of like exactly the kind of stuff I can't avoid, Rafe. I can't get out of the way of this stuff. Um. Well, Brian, I I judge you a little bit for caring. You shouldn't care, but you should do your job. And, and everyone who's upset about it, I, look around. You think that Brian Campbell, BC, Mr. Oh Yeah, is the only person in the boxing combat sports landscape who is accommodating these clowns? No, it's not just him. And I feel like Brian and and this podcast has not bent over all the way to let uh, Logan Paul and KSI uh, insert themselves the way that a lot of other outlets have. We're not chasing this, but the truth is, yo, unfortunately, look, it's the same, you know, it's the same reason why Brian has to talk about wrestling 17 times a week, too. The audience shows up for that crap, all right? They're jacking it from everywhere, and they just keep coming out the people turn out and unfortunately this is the numbers matter in these businesses and you look at all these youtube look at the mayweather boxing channel has turned into the logan paul ksi boxing channel and it's because they're getting traffic off of it fight even the journalist marcos viejas no no he's a journalist even that journalist that male journalist is covering these guys not like they're serious, but giving them the, the time of day because it, it's it's good for business. Whoever somebody watches that crap, I don't know who they are. Well, I'm gonna I, I get to I am privileged to be I am gonna be in the house. That's why I was in just Staples Center corner you and be like, if you're gonna speak negative about this, ain't you getting on a plane and going back to your old backyard to watch this fight, Rafe? I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about you care enough to go there, Rafe. It's true, but I am I I well look, I'm gonna keep an open mind. We could this could turn into a six round Barn burner, uh, an old fashioned Donnybrook. It could be a fight of the year contender, Brian, although I'm not expecting that at all. Um, but luckily, my assignment this weekend is going to be, you know, a scene piece, a little bit of gonzo journalism. Get in there, mix it up with the fans, with that epic guy from the first press conference wearing the, what was it? Like, I can't, like, number one virgin shirt, or I, I can't even remember what he, what. Interviewed on the zone, one of my heroes, mix it up with these kids that are fans of the YouTubers and ask them because I really want to investigate if they're going to become boxing fans. I, I'm going to be in there mixing it up, asking them, you know, so how do you think about 
Haney, do you think he looks good? You, would you take him over Lomachenko? What? How about Miguel Burchell? Is he? Do you rank him number one at one thirty? Or hey, did you see Inoue over uh, a couple days ago? He's nasty, right? Oh my god! Yeah, like, hey, like, have you ever stuck your hand into clitoris? The gloves have, uh, that I use in clitoris is, uh, you know, I like this glove. It's my. Do you do like I'm? I'm gonna be in there, you know, asking them on all of the hardcore. I am gonna put them to the hardcore test. I'm gonna ask when was the first time that they saw Trinidad Vargas? Because I want to wow. know these things. Wow! What? <laughs> wow! Excuse me for that. I'm dying. Rape. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think they mean it stays in your bloodstream for days, and it's hard to shake that ish. Wow. Well, that's why you need the diuretics. You know, Vada ain't testing you. Just flush it out, baby. That's funny. Um, I don't know if you happen to listen to the State of Combat bonus podcast that we did last week from Podcast Row at uh, Brian. It was like six hours of interviews. I'm sorry if that bores you. I'm sorry if that's not your cup of tea. But um, on one of them, Sergio Mora was just like, "Man, this guy Mannix won't stop trying to get me to the IV station." You know, Vegas has these like traveling trade detox centers yeah and you can pay like hundreds of dollars to sit there and they have different levels of iv transfusions that will supposedly fix your hangovers and like revive you i ended up seeing that dude who's like the disown head of production tweeted out a picture of him like sunday morning with mannix they're all getting iv'd up yeah, I don't know if it was a joke, but I saw uh, Dizone, I, I forget his actual title, but Dizone Hancho, uh, Joe Markowski, tweeted a photo, a screenshot of his of his agenda, I think, on Friday. Yes. Or, one of the, or maybe okay, the that's day. that's who it was. I, you it were was... on that. State of Combat was yes. the last interview. I, I think of that as the anchor position, the most important interview. Maybe it's the least important, but I, I'm going to say the most. But first on that list was IV Drip with Mannix. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, I, th- I felt like I was talking about something when I said being that in up. Vegas, being filthy, having God knows what in your blood. Oh, um, I don't forget what I, I forgot what I said. But did you end up here? We had some great interview. Did you hear Todd Grisham came back on this pod and entertained us? Did you hear B-Hop tell me did that? You, I, did you guys bang it out a little bit? Uh, yeah. Two of two, him, him and my we're like kind of I mean, to be honest, Grisham and I are like brothers. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now, you um. Did you hear Bernard Hopkins by any chance? Rafe, I've interviewed him a lot. You're one of the people like me who get down on on Bernard's like oddball wisdom and storytelling where other people are sort of like, oh, man, that guy can hijack a podcast. And he can. But I've learned through the years you need to demand his respect and you need to push back to take control of that joystick and stare it in the right direction. I want to push back on his feelings on soda, all right? Diet soda is not the worst thing in the world. It's, it's a, li- just a it's little like bit. liquid crack. Um, Rafe, here's the deal. Was that racist? That might have been racist. Um, liquid crack is what he says. He called it that. Uh, no, my pronunciation. My, uh, oh, you're, impression. you're getting into accents, are yeah, you? Yeah, that's not a good idea. Um, here's the deal, Rafe. Uh, he was awesome. And he touched on... What had been a big theme? Now, you didn't listen to the interview pods last week, but the big theme throughout all of them was not just who's going to win this fight, but, hey, what the hell's going on with this Canelo-Oscar implosion and the fact that you, your outlet, The Athletic... Amazing got- blockbuster report. I mean, it really was just jaw-dropping Canelo. Uh, great quotes. He, of Can- yeah, He the- has no loyalty. We see this now. It's amazing. It was great stuff, and that was, like, the theme all week. 
everybody from Eric Gomez to Roberto Diaz, the matchmaker, everybody who had a you know stake in it was like, don't worry, this is a marriage, we're going to work it out, blah, blah, blah. Oscar De La Hoya was supposed to originally have been on that podcast list and done media things. They pulled him the hell off of their rave. Uh, I did see Oscar. He did not reach out his fist to dab me, just so you know. You're, I'm sorry. You're going to let that, that. that really bad, awful joke just pass through. What, 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 when? when did, what's that from? I don't know if you read the headlines about Oscar. I do. They oh, say he's handsy, oh, Rape, oh, all right? oh, I see, I see, yeah, I see. Right. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Oscar was a freak. Where's that soundbite from uh, Wash Gill? Um, obviously, Oscar has that sexual assault thing against him that they're working on, too, so it was probably smart not to include him in the interviews. But the only one willing to talk about it on this show was Bernard Hopkins to the level, Rafe, that he actually said... If I was Canelo, meaning like if Bernard was in his prime and going through what Canelo was, I would be leaving Golden Boy. That was a little wild. Now, he went on to say, look, I think I'm the one who has to fix this. I need to get Oscar and Canelo alone in the room. No handlers, no side people. Just get those two together. No uh, side pieces. Yeah. Uh, I be Pauly. And so, Rafe, um, I'm sure you saw the picture of Oscar and Canelo at the presser. I'm sure you saw that awkward hug they did at the beginning of the post-fight presser. What do you think about Bernard publicly saying on this show that if he was Big Red, he'd be Big Al? That is surprising. I don't. I look. The, the, the question is, how does he get out in this case? If they, if, if, assuming the contracts are, are valid, I, I don't. I, I, look, I'll, Canelo obviously is a huge star, a great fighter, a great performance, which I'm sure we will talk about soon. Uh, and I don't know if I would call it a great performance, but a great win. Um, oh, look at you. Already, already. Here we uh, look, go. Look, I'm just being honest, yo. We'll, we'll get into it. But um, the one thing I hope doesn't happen, uh, come out of all this, is that it turns into a protracted legal dispute that that ties him up. That that He's 29 right now. This is the prime. And we see it in the ring. We see the way he's developed. These are the years that he can really, really, I mean, sure, he's all right. He's got a Hall of Fame resume already. But this is like how these are the years when he has a chance to go into all-time status if he challenges himself, wins fights, even if he's shit, if he loses a couple fights against the guys in, in great fights, nobody's going to hold that against him. He, this, is, this is legacy time for him. And you hate to out? see the chance of him losing uh, even one year, but – what could likely turn into two years or more than that in some kind of legal dispute, what we saw with Andre Ward's career when and, and Mikey Garcia's career when they tried to when they got out of their promotional deals uh, with with uh, Dan Goosen and and top rank, respectively, that would stink. I mean, it, look, you, you do what you got to do if it's the right thing, if they believe it's right for their careers. I, you, you, I support that. But as a fan of the sport, as someone who wants to see good fights um, I want to see Canelo active. I want to see him look. I, the heel Canelo is the real. I want to see. I want him to continue testing himself and proving me wrong for all the years that I hated him and was like, this guy is a this guy is just a gimmick. He, you know, forget this ginger. All, all. I want him to shove it all back in my face because it's exciting to see someone really go for it like this. Wow, wow. And in your point on contracts before. We don't believe in contracts. <laughs> so it was it was Floyd who bought him. Now the, the contract Floyd had at, at that point, what two thousand six or seven with 
Bob Arum and Top Rake wasn't at the level of the contract, I, I would assume, that Canelo has now as the biggest star of the sport. But didn't Al Heyman and Floyd, uh, and first of all, when you're speaking about Al Heyman. Al Heyman, a goat! Didn't Al Heyman Absolute. and Floyd buy their way out of that deal for like 750000 So even if you add to that number, I get what you're saying. So let's say Canelo's buyout number. Is there a buyout number? See, I don't know how legality works. I'm not really that smart. We, we, I mean, none of us have looked at the contract. I don't think the contract would not necessarily have a buyout clause in it, like pay X amount and you're out. It, it would be something that they negotiate. And if it's something that they negotiate, why would Golden Boy let you're right. Canelo go for any price. If they a- lost him. Any, any, any price, If they Brian, lost many him, they'd be underwater in a second. So uh, because Canelo has, like, again, it's in the Floyd situation, it came down to him believing he could make $20 million per fight and Aram going, I'll give you eight to fight Margarita, right? So that was a different situation. The The thing with Canelo is he's already got the dream deal. I mean, he's getting $35 million with his own, no matter who he faces. So, right. so, so, Brian, that's the other question I have about this. Is like, what, Did you get a sense from Bernard or anyone you spoke to in Vegas last week what – the what the real issue is like i understand i i mean it seems like really an issue of of competence and being and just canelo getting tired of of some of the stuff at golden boy and and whatever problems they've had and and beef back and forth it seems petty but i don't and look it's boxing so there's definitely everyone is doing something shady somewhere but when it comes down to it canelo's getting paid right well that's why i think ultimately it's in all of their best interests to just make it work. Even if it's, even if they're not going to talk, just make it work. Because um, like you mentioned, if it goes to some kind of legal battle, then Canelo gets pulled from the ring. He's not fighting. He's not getting paid. Golden boy's not getting paid. Everybody just needs to make it work. But you asked me about Bernard and here's a key part of that interview. I mentioned to him, Hey Bernard, you, you would have a, a good handle on this because you and Canelo were the only two that stayed loyal to Oscar in the great purge of when everybody went with Schaefer to PBC. Now, Schaefer didn't go with him. You remember what happened. But when, when Richard Schaefer left Golden Boy, all those Golden Boy asterisk fighters who actually didn't have a deal went with Al Heyman and started PBC. The only ones that stayed were Bernard Canelo and for a short season, remember, Abner Morris stayed and then eventually he left as well. And Bernard was like, he started to harp on that. He was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I I think it does come down to loyalty in some degree. I think Canelo's obviously upset at, at the inc- incompetencies that he sees of the handling of it, not just the lack of communication, them costing him his IBF title, uh, Oscar not showing up to things, all that. But I wonder if it's like, hey, do you guys realize that you don't have a company unless you have me and I'm the one who stayed loyal to keep you guys afloat? And I think the big centerpiece here, Rafe, which was mentioned in Coppinger's story and has been mentioned elsewhere before, is the fact that DeZone, uh, Golden Boy only has their own separate DAZN deal because they brought Canelo to the table. And Canelo's point of view was, I don't care about the money from the sense that I need it, but I do care that you're making money off of me that wasn't offered to me in any kind of percentage or something. Do you know what I mean? I... <sighs> I guess, but why? Okay, why? When these deals, say, say, when uh, we can't use AJ because Anthony Joshua is not exclusive to the zone necessarily. But um, I mean, where's AJ from? What's that? Where's AJ from? Uh, you mean the birthplace? Yeah. 
Wembley? Yeah. And it's the birthplace of a J. Okay, keep going. Of a J. Of a J. Uh, well, basically, the, the, the analogy I was trying to draw, which isn't perfect because of his relationship to his own isn't quite the same, is that couldn't Anthony Joshua at the at the time when Eddie Hearn signed his giant deal with the zone basically had the same argument being like the zone don't care about Lewis Ritson props to the Sandman. They should. Everyone should care. The zone don't care about the, the like Jesse Vargas and the American fighters you're signing. Now they probably care about Devin Haney. They should. Um, but the zone don't care about all. They care about me Ed Jay, the man with nine point. Eight something million Instagram followers and every sponsorship on the planet. The guy who looks like, uh, you know, the the he should be the greatest boxer, the greatest heavyweight of all time, except he ain't. Um, but that's, I mean, couldn't 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 any superstar fighter feel the same way that of course of course they generate the the deals and push i mean that's 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 exactly that's that's they they underwrite the rest of the sport i mean canelo then could say i you know would have a logical argument to say well every fighter who fights on my undercard owes me a cut of their purse because this card doesn't exist without me yeah or or you have to fight and beat Raleigh first before you can get on my undercard. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. And and you can argue, hey, Canelo, you're making $35 million per fight and maybe you don't need that extra scraps. Obviously, there's been a fallout along the way. Um, it's all I think he's pissed off and he's just looking for things to get mad at, which is fine. I shit, We've all done that at some point in time somewhere in our lives whether it's personal relationships and in work atmospheres, whatever. But even the IBF thing, I don't, look, so is the have you let's let's take that apart. Does that mean Canelo actually wanted to fight Derevianchenko, the guy who he keeps calling a nobody over and over again because of the Triple G fight? Oh, Triple G okay, just so- barely he he lost to a nobody. I saw it. That's I mean he no Canelo wants big fights. He and and Canelo was talking about Kovalev back in the spring after the Jacobs fight. Uh, yeah, he Danny had a stick, and after Canelo took that stick and beat Danny with it, props to your great scorecard, Brian. Uh, then he was talking about fighting fighting Kovalev. Then he wasn't saying I want. Yeah, I'm sure he's pissed off that the IBF stripped him and that Golden Boy wasn't able to pull strings to make it. But the IBF was getting manipulated on the other side by the brilliant mastermind. Kevin Connolly from uh, Entourage or whatever, the manager to the stars. Uh, that guy should get any... a Twitter account. What's that? That guy should get a Twitter account. He should. He should. He can afford one. Um, but anyway, uh, all I mean is the, it all seems like these are it's when these strike me as the kind of things you point to when you dislike the people you're working with. And you just want to be like, see, they they effed up there. They effed up yeah. there. But it's not really material. Like, the complaints don't measure out. I hear you. I hear you, Rafe. Um, people, though, have tuned into this podcast, maybe not to hear KSI, maybe not to hear us ramble on about Canelo's financial dealings. They want to hear your take on Canelo Kovalev since you jacked. Everyone's jacking from everywhere. And they're going to hear that after a word, Rafe, from our friends. And sponsors. Dig it. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Speaking of friends and sponsors, you can't have any and you can't have a clean man zone without the folks at Ballsy, though. Just want to remind you of that B-A-L-L-S-Y holiday season is upon us. I don't care if you're inside, outside. I don't care what the weather is. If you're not fresh down there, you're going to have a problem. So they plan on keeping your jewels jolly if you let them, Rafe. I use the nut rub, the, the, the ball wash, the sack spray, and uh, I feel good. You know, walking around Vegas, it, you know, you're you're really setting yourself up to uh, – you Did know. anybody else in Vegas keep the jewels jolly? No. How dare you? No, 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 uh, no. He has a stick on him. Just didn't use it. <laughs> didn't use it, Rich. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. Um, yeah. So where I was really going, Rafe, is Canelo knocks out Sergey Kovlev, round 11, light heavyweight title. I broke it down at length late Saturday night. Your thoughts on Big Red? Good close. A beautiful knockout, right? Great. I mean, shoot, you couldn't you couldn't write it up any better than it was. Um, but prior to that, I I did have him winning the fight. I I scored it. I I had exactly the manic scorecard, exactly. And I and it, and and it wasn't. I was. What was that I, scorecard? I was at the fight. I didn't see. Ninety six, ninety four. For uh, for who? For for Canelo. Okay. Going yeah. into the eleventh, I had um, a ninety-five, ninety-five. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't, you know, I don't get angry. Oh no, no. I mean, I don't, that that's cool. All those, all those scorecards were fine. The judges' cards weren't bad either. They were great. Um, Thank you, man. But, At least some people got the score right. Yeah, I, look, Paulie might accuse me of being a what was it like? He's a golden boy clown or a golden boy plant. Yes. Yeah. One of those interviews. Remember, Paulie called out Al Heyman and then started working for him. That was very good, very smart deal for him. Smart, you know, and be a pain in someone's ass, and then they might pay you to stop being a pain in their ass. Um, anyway, I was um, in your ass from the. <laughs> go, keep going. I think Jean Pascal would would have paid Bernard to yeah, get out of his ass. Take the test. Take the test. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but uh, so but but I didn't think I thought it's possible that. Canelo was trying, was playing, was was taking his time. That it was all the game plan. That he, you know, he was being cautious. He was, and and Kovalev obviously was very wary about committing to even his jab, uh, or and certainly not much in terms of other punches for Kov- from Kovalev. So, um, Canelo was waiting for trying to create openings and it was a slower paced fight. Maybe that was all the game plan. And obviously when the opportunity came, boy, you can't capitalize on it any better than Canelo did. But I thought he, I, I thought he did look a little slower at 175 than he looks normally. Um, in terms, you know, that, that bulk, it, 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 I thought it was there, and yeah, he fought well. He countered, you know, had beautiful counters. Was a Canelo fight. He still looked very, very good, but um, 
I, you know, I, 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 he was brilliant. He was brilliant okay. because Kovalev over overachieved in that fight. No, we, no I, I thought Kovalev looked bad too. They both See, looked okay, bad. He didn't look bad. Here's the deal, though. Kovalev just didn't didn't try to be the crusher, right? He, he didn't he, try to win. He tried to actually win the fight. And, and to, no, he did not try to win them. Well, let me let me remind you of the scores, Rafe. Entering the championship rounds, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. even on one card, down by a round on the other two. If he outboxes him to close the fight, he actually wins. Not a Danny Jacobs, I thought he had a draw win. Not a Triple G, how the hell did he come out of two fights without that woman judge? Um, but this was a, a real win. And I still criticize Kovalev for not ever becoming the puncher or the bigger man or throwing shots, but I have to give him credit for sticking to the game plan start to finish. It actually almost worked. And I think that's what made the fight somewhat dull for 10 rounds, Rafe, because Kovalev stuck to that jab length, jab length process. You know, that is true. Um, but it was look. I was disappointed in Kovalev's performance, even though even even though I did have it a close fight. I mean, I both. That's the thing. I need after seeing the recent form of Vozdik Berbiev, these guys did not look like they are as good at light heavyweight as those two guys did. They moved slower in the ring. Their footwork wasn't as interesting. They did. They were less creative. It was. It was just not. These guys are not as good at one seven five. Weight category one seven five. Yeah, I'm Canelo surprised me in a lot of ways, like being the bigger puncher at one seventy five, being the aggressor. But yeah, I I do not think he should move up to cruiser, even though we were like, oh my god, is there a limit to what this guy can do? And there's some people online that are saying him against Ruiz at heavyweight is you know logical down the road. Like get out of here. No, I don't even think he should try to fight. I mean, if he wants to fight Bivol at sixty eight, whatever. But I think why Canelo, would they? Why would they go down? Why would they? Bo- they both have belts at one seventy five. Yeah, why yeah, would yeah. they go down to fight at one sixty eight? I have three belts. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he should try to fight better. I think he did establish himself as credible at one seventy five. I was for sure very impressed with the performance overall. But yeah, I don't think he should try to fight better. Be one second. Um, I did issue that mea culpa to you, Rafe, on actually multiple platforms this week of saying when you first offered Andre Ward as a thing, I'm like, hell no. But that was before I believed that Canelo could be a 175er. And now that I believe he can. In well, sense- but Brian, you you thought that you picked Canelo to win the fight over Sergey Kovalev, so you must have believed that he could have been a 175er. No, like I said on that pod, I believe that Kovalev would, the term I used was knock himself out. And what I mean was he would show a certain vulnerability too strong that would lead to a stoppage. In this mm-hmm. case, the reason why I thought this fight was so successful and impressive was because Canelo was forced to beat the best version of 36-year-old Sergey Kovalev. Not the best version of the Crusher, because he's not the Crusher anymore, and everybody was right who said that. But the best version of late career boxer, let me try to hang on to this. And he did that, and he did that by knockout. I didn't think he would be able to show legitimate things at 175. I thought he would just win because he's a better, smaller fighter. Um, him against Andre Ward, like all the all the Cliff Road feel Cliff Road type feelings I have inside my penoir, I'm fire. Like that's is that's a nerd fight dream. You know, it's right now it's dry, but by fight night it might be moist. Rafe, that's a uh, that's a that's fantastic. That's a Super Bowl of technique and boxing. Yeah, Rafe, right? Like like step one, cut a hole in the box. 
Step two, right? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? By Put that last box. step. The box, man. Damn, right? Yeah, look. Uh, it the, Watching that fight on Saturday night and thinking of the possibility, uh, the, the remote possibility, because we have to say Andre Ward has not – even really hinted that he wants to do or is even interested or considering coming back to, to I counter you fight on that. Canelo. I counter huh? you on that quickly to say that Andre Ward gets interviewed after every single fight he calls. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that smile on his face when people yeah. ask him about coming back, dude, he not only wants to come back, he will. And he's waiting for the big fish. This is the damn big fish. He'll- I agree. It lines up perfectly. And it's also a guy that Andre Ward honestly should still feel like I can come back and shut this MFR out. Yes. I am better than he ever will be. And I don't know. I mean, Canelo is makes me question whether Andre Ward is right about that. That's how good he has been, how good Canelo has, has become. But Ward should still just be like, uh, like I'm going to come back and, and add this to a legacy. And even, even more than adding to his legacy, I could see him wanting to, Take this fight, one, for a, a giant pile of money, and two, because it snuffs out a narrative that Canelo will build over the next several years that he's historically – that he is the, the fighter of the post-Floyd generation, the greatest fighter. He's he's obviously the the biggest name fighter and the, the, the best known he's, – he's the face of boxing post-Floyd, but people can still rightly believe – or, or would certainly have a very strong argument to believe that Andre Ward was was the better overall fighter, and yes, yeah, Canelo is going to build on. Canelo is going to slowly chip away at that at that conception. If Ward doesn't come back, Ray, big and, fights need a need a subtext. They need a poster. Could Ward headline. could Ward Hopkins Tito this guy? Could you could that happen? Could you tell me? I'll 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 wow. I'll, I'll throw a load right now. Wow! So you're telling me. If Ward came back at 35 or 36, whatever he'd be when they would do this, and fought him at 175, could he pull a late career hop? Because let me remind you, when Hopkins fought Trinidad in 2001, there was the report like, you know, the report that people thought that should be the end for him. Like, okay, it's great that he got himself into the spot, but he's 38, it's or 36 or whatever he was, 38. Was he 38 maybe at that point? But yeah, there was the idea that he might be too old for this, that this could be his last fight, blah, blah, blah. He outboxes and stops unbeaten Trinidad. Wow. If anybody could do it, it's him. He could fight every style. He would have a size advantage. I mean, when I say fight every style, Rafe, Nobody's been able to really get inside on Canelo. You, well, you better effing get inside on him. And I think, you know, Ward did that against Kovalev, right? They, dude, it's so freaking insanely of, of an interesting fight that when you were talking before about, like, the stars of this era, like, every fight needs a poster line and some kind of hook to it. That would be it for this. Who's the who's the man post-Floyd? And it's, oh, I would love it. Oh, you think James Prince is calling up Uncle Al right now? to make? Oh, wait, no, Uncle Al's not a part of this. Who would James Prince call? John Skipper, uh, I, John Skipper should be calling Jay Prince, man. Yeah. So, somebody make it, get in there, put, put plant this seed in there because zone wants that too, right? Because you look around as Canelo, there's a lot of really good fights for him coming off of this fight. There's a lot of like stuff I would like to see. Shoot, I, I think it would be meaning, it would add meaningfully to his legacy if he were to fight. Surely better be I mean, that's that's the most dangerous fight, right? Uh, Bevel, Callum Smith, 
even Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Benavidez at 168, Caleb Plant and his back foot game. And do you see BJ Triple Saunders? G? BJ I, I Saunders mean, wants to go to 175 to fight Canelo if he has to. I yeah, because you know Billy Joe don't like to lose weight either. What do you think about people saying? And by people, I mean Andre. I mean, there's good fights out there for Canelo, but they aren't. They aren't. They don't have that juice, right? No, they 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 mean something to well, us, okay. but they don't mean some. The people who don't hear Jimmy aren't going to be hearing it at all. One fight that still has the juice is the Triple G trilogy because of right. how much the cross the casuals would cross over. Um, do you agree with a lot of people, both credible and also like right now on uh, Glazer's Facebook page, that are saying that um that trilogy fight will come next May, but it will come at sixty eight. So that Canelo doesn't do anything like crazy rash physically by dropping right back down two weight divisions and because he has a bootleg title there and that it'll be like DAZN forcing it to happen. That I think everybody wins in that scenario, even though we get the third fight like while Triple G is basically like 45. Um, it, it feels like it needs to happen to finish the story. It feels like Canelo would win that. And then if he does, man, and goes from there to Ward, giving Ward time to get ready, Rafe, this, I mean, I'm past the point of being able to say anything bad about Canelo. I am of the degree now where I'm saying, what else does he have to do to pass Chavez as the greatest Mexican fighter ever? And oh, what I, I, I was listening to this. Why is he, why is he, tell me why he's better than Juan Manuel Marquez. Tell me why. A great point. A great point right there. That's a great point. I don't think Canelo is there as the best Mexican fighter. I'm saying, what else would he have to do to get there? And what else would he have to do to be considered like legitimately an all-time great? I don't mean like Hall of Famer is already there, but like upper room, top 20 or whatever, like all-time, the, the, all-time. The Chavez zone, like the really holy crap, this guy did it all. Yeah, he's, the, the he's, got, Ray he's got a pathway to it. He's got a route to get there. It's crazy. Yeah, and, there, and if you think about it, there's a lot less modern guys in that conversation than you think. A lot of times it's more... Of those old, you know, the the Joe Ganses, the uh, Harry Grebs. Harry Greb had a stick, believe me. Oh, also, I wanted to make a culpa as well and take the L that I took on Twitter as well. Um, Me, I heard an incorrect fact in the moment as I was rushing from ringside after the fight to run up and do a live hit with CBS Sports HQ and then running back to the hotel to do the podcast. Uh, I saw his own graphic that said Canelo became the first three-division simultaneous boxing champion. And in the moment, I'm thinking, that can't be true, right? And I didn't explore it like I should have. And then people were like, dude, I thought you knew boxing. How are you not going to understand that that was Henry Armstrong? And I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right. I died at the moment. I'm taking the L. Thank you, man. All right, thank you. Yeah, all right. At least somebody got the score right. Thank you, thank you. Um, Wow, Rafe. Dude, Canelo doesn't try to... He's not stopping trying to do big things, Rafe, and I love that about him. Are you also in the belief that... um? He needs to chill out on the left forearm tats because now he's got his wife's eyes on the inside of his uh, wrist. Are you down with that? Look, I actually like this about Canelo because he is – can you think of any other boxer who has added tattoos mid-career like he has and hasn't and hasn't been doing it sort of in like midlife Miguel Cotto crisis mode yeah. where it's like they're, you're on the down you're, – you're sort of past prime and you're trying to get your mojo back. And you start getting weird tattoos like Canelo's Canelo is getting better with his tattoos. He's up. He's overturning the narrative. Hey, speaking of tattoo, or uh, have you been following this tattoo lawsuit <laughs> against Oscar? Like, has there been any recent news in it? No, I, mean, I read the, 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 the initial with, report with Oscar, man. Why? 
do you realize this lawsuit centers upon harassment that Tattoo believes Oscar like wouldn't stop calling him at 3 a.m. to ask him like life advice and hang out with him and stuff? It was worse than that, wasn't it? I don't know. Did he did he did he dab him too? I don't know. I don't know, Ray. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, do you think so? Uh, I'm reading Jay Prince's Wikipedia page. And I know yeah, he's, I can, he's a serious dude. I know I can ways. only go so far here because he is such a serious dude. I know the, the other B story and all that. But um, he's recorded a diss track as recently as 2015, Rafe. Still, he's still, he's, I saw you. Did you see him walking uh, Shakur Stevenson to the ring with yes. uh, Andre Ward and Terrence, and Terrence Crawford? Still looks young, man, for some guy who's been around. He's 55, since, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I've I, seen him in person many times. He's impressive. He He carries that swagger, man. He is swaggerlicious and uh i'd love to know the dynamic between him and Heyman because they're basically the the same thing right they're both from the music business yeah, yeah and, they're the power, and power brokers to the extreme that are like somewhat secretive i mean jay prince is more public than uh than Heyman, obviously but wow it's interesting do you think by the way when i was interviewing egos clemus now clemus isn't doing like the pseudo promotional stuff that Heyman is but where do you like, what's your pound for pound power manager rankings? Like, is it like is Clemus right up there with Heyman at the moment? Like, Heyman's got half of the sport on lockdown. We know that, but Igus Clemus is, uh, you know, it's impressive, Rafe. Absolutely, yes. Igus Clemus has the most. I mean, he probably does have the most talented stable of any manager in boxing, right? Um, I, and I think, I don't even think it, it makes sense to compare him to the likes of Al, like nobody is in Al Heyman's Al Heyman is the goat. And what he's doing is unlike what other managers do in the sport. Um, so I think there's Heyman is sort of a class into himself, but then of the, just the, the traditional managers, the Cameron Duncans, the, um, the Dave McWaters, the Keith Connolly, uh, Twitter, uh, you know, Twitterati to the stars, Keith Connolly. Yeah. Eggis is, is, has the, has the best fighters out of that group for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agus and he's hooked into the, you know, he's obviously hooked into the post-Soviet pipeline. Yeah. Indeed, man. Indeed. Sorry, I got down a, a James Prince rabbit hole there. I wish I could say all this stuff on the air. This guy's the best. All right, Rafe, let's roll on here. Uh, you have any other closing thoughts about uh, Canelo or can we can we close it? Rye guy, anything else, Rafe, from the weekend that well, you want to? Um, sure. I think one I, I, I heard you going down this road and I will push back on it a little bit. We don't need to make this man number one pound for pound just because he he won a fight that we all thought he was going to win against a guy who's clearly at the end of his career all right kick kick some shit rafe what do you got for me that's all it was a good look a really good performance very impressive i think he's great i think he's top two i think i i rank him two but i'm not gonna put him i just don't think it's like what I, that that this somehow changes what what i thought was true a week ago it's a great it's a very good win if he does something really bold and crazy, if he if he fights better Biev and wins, yes. Yes, that that moves the needle. But this you ain't better than Lomachenko, dude, and you're lucky that your resume is so stacked with questionable wins that I have to rank you over Terrence Crawford, who's also better than you. Wow, look at this heel turn back on the red hate here. One gin this is ginger on ginger crime right now. I'm not a ginger, Rafe says. I'm not. Wow, I, Rafe. I am not. Wow. 
Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. Wow. Um, I have right. no loyalty. What can I say? Okay, I like I said on there. I'm usually of the belief that the eye test is the strongest case in a pound for pound discussion. You get into the pound for pound discussion by what you've accomplished, but inevitably it's that mythical who would be who I test. I do agree with you that if we're going straight on that, I'm not sure Canelo would beat Loma or Crawford in like this mythical same division type of scenario. But this is one of those rare circumstances where I suddenly lean back toward the what you've accomplished from this standpoint. Like the like the idea of pound for pound is who's the best regardless of weight, but yet there's another side of pound for pound that is weight classes don't matter to you. You can just float and be great in any single weight class. And Canelo's like you realize that Lomachenko has been fighting two weight classes above his. I do, and I do yes. realize that Lomachenko has done that in the past. But I also realize that in 14 months, Canelo has beaten Triple G. Moved up and sent Rocky Fielding to hell for a cheap belt. Outboxed Danny, who had a stick to unify 60 titles. And then stopped one of the most dangerous guys of this era for a 175 title. So, in considering Canelo was already in this conversation, it's I think it's like, what you know, what does he have to do? Does he have to beat Andrew Ruiz to become your pound-for-pound king, Rafe? What else would this guy have to do right now? Because he's Arthur, accomplishing more than Arthur. all those guys. Better BF. Because Rafe, he's a. I want to see him take a risky, risky, he risky just fight. He did. He just did take a risky no, fight. No, that was a fight everyone thought he was going to win, and he won it in almost the exact way that everyone thought he was going to win so it. So there was no risk? There was risk, but it wasn't. He, he he was he was he I mean he was a four to one favorite on the uh, in in the odds makers. Which I think was a little bit high, but still, it, it, this was. It was it was calculated risk. I, if he wants to go over, yeah. If he if he wants to 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 be pushed over the hump, it needs to be a straight up crazy risk. It got Ward better. Bev Bevel would be Bevel. I, I give him some serious credit for that. Raphael, listen. Um, give me some guy who doesn't look like he's on his way out to sport. You know, we're comparing him against a guy like Terrence Crawford, whose problem is, and, and quite frankly, Terrence Crawford is a bad man. He might think he's the BEST in the whole world, Richard. But Crawford's a guy who we're like, man, you don't have the resume yet because no one will fight you and you can't. But whenever you do fight people, you destroy them. Canelo's got the resume and it just keeps getting better and better and, and better. Whenever than... he does fight people, he doesn't destroy them. Yeah, but because he, he matches himself tough and, and wins. And I'm not saying every decision I've agreed with. Okay, but where is he pound for pound in your eyes then? I, I look, for after, all this, after all this crap, I have him at number two. It's the same place I had him last uh, week, but yeah. still. See, I uh, did not have him at number two before. I think I had him at three or four coming in. I just think that this win. See, I guess it comes down to how impressed you were with this win. I get that you can easily be like, well, he was supposed to do that. We all pr- predicted it. Just because we predicted my it voice, mother- doesn't mean he was supposed to. And uh, and number two, again, I think I've laid out that I thought it was an impressive win because of Kovalev's performance. Other people were like, oh, that fight was boring. And, hey, didn't Kovalev take a dive? Like, where is the hell is that crap coming from? I mean, good God, he knocked him out cold, Rafe. Like, come on. That is not how you take a dive. (laughs) There there are definitely easier ways to take a dive than that. Um, Yeah. 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 All right. That's it. That's it, Rafe. Uh, I know you love you some Ryan Garcia. Anything? Well, um, 
that fight wasn't uh, who the hell knows what 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 to take away from that fight. He's talking about I don't know. Well, all right, but but let's really let's really talk about what matters when it comes to King Rai. We've seen it blow up on Instagram this week. Jorge Linares. Has there ever been a more handsome duo in a boxing ring together? Who was Oscar's most handsome opponent? That's a great question. Well, my, I was, it's funny. I was on that boxing poster website, SP Boxing or whatever it's called, the one that Dan Rayfield always harps about last night looking at posters. And my favorite poster that I still haven't bought, which I should, I just have no room left on the walls in this office, is that Oscar Javier Castillo poster because they're both in tuxes and the headline says, Prom Night This Ain't. Now, mm. I don't offhand consider Javier Castillo in the sexy Sergio conversation, but maybe that's it, Rafe. I mean, I'm trying to Google right now to see how handsome this man was. Did there? We never got who's who. We never got Canelo versus Martinez. That would have been a, a pretty handsome, uh, a pretty handsome. You know what? Underrated. You're gonna like this. Martinez Barker. Barker's a Barker. Barker. Okay, Barker can bang. He has no business banging. Okay, Javier Castillo is not in this conversation. The guy looks like a freak. Okay, Rafe, that's it. it I, was was Oscar's uh, most handsome opponent Yori Boy Compass? Stop this! I don't want to be in this talk anymore. How did I get into debating? All right, about, all right, how, fine. Linares and King Ryan Garcia. Lots of uh, panties dropping at ringside for that fight. Also. Oh, you do well. I guess where do you stand on Linares right now, who, who obviously got sent to hell by Pablo Cesar Cano at the beginning of this loss. year? That's a really bad loss. Wow. Um, and but this happened. We've seen it happen before with Linares, right? I mean, he had that weird moment where oh, he falls apart against Demarco, and then all of a sudden he's losing in the first round to Sergio Yeo Thompson, and it looked like he's totally off track. Then he goes, finds himself in the UK, starts sending, you know, starts giving the 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 top blokes over there hell. Works his way back into position, has a really exciting, wonderful fight with Lomachenko. I mean, Linares, do you think he's is he washed enough for King Ryan to to pick to pick the the meat off those bones, or or is Garcia biting off a little more handsome man than he it's can probably chew? Probably right in the middle. It was really where it should be, and it's probably. I, I didn't think they're ready to match him super fast, although it seems like he's making the money that there's a little bit of pressure on them to do that. But I don't know if you heard Ryan Garcia's in-ring interview after that knockout of Romero. Do you know where I thought he was? He handled it well. He was like, you got to have patience. Like, I'm going to get to those big fights. It's just not going to be tomorrow. I'm only 21. Blah, blah, blah. It makes a lot of sense. But Linares is perfectly vulnerable enough. And... But Garcia is crazy, crazy fast starter, which is yes. good. Like the the best way to beat Linares is to catch him early and get him on. You know, basically get that get that ball rolling downhill, and it will just keep rolling fast. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But um, if 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 it doesn't play out that way, then Garcia is getting his ass handed to him by a very very good boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you can't do that now. And look, look, like that's a bad loss for Linares, but he was also at 140 where he probably shouldn't have been. You're right. He's a slow starter. So 
I'd wait, but uh, that's a great. But it was a great weekend for Ryan Garcia's brand. The I other think. name in your boy's mouth, in King Ryan's mouth, is your your brother, your cousin, top bloke, or a guy he, Garcia should not be going anywhere near in the next year. Luke Campbell. No, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 hey! It's Danny's yeah. night. No, this is crazy talk. That's real crazy talk. You will, you will lose. You will lose. You're, you lost. Don't do that. All right, Rafe. That's it. Okay. Um, that's it on Canelo weekend. There was no other. I mean, you saw the inside of uh, of Marlena Strada's, uh, Marlena Sparza's uh, brain from that cut. But we, we don't have to go down that road. We don't have to talk. I about don't that. care at all about that. I'll, yeah. I'll be dead honest. Yeah, oh, was, did was, you see uh, Lightning Rod Salka got sent to hell in one round by the returning Alex Saucedo? Is that it for Rod? That's it, right? Uh, who the hell knows if he is? It's, it's never it, right? Yes, he should finish. But do you respect his balls enough for coming to the ring to another brick in the wall, <laughs> continuing this MAGA fest? He loves being a heel, Rafe. I get look if if it keep, if 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 it keeps him uh, getting getting purses and paydays, I guess I guess that's one way to to stay relevant is to be the uh, the the MAGA heel that that boxing fans love to see get sent to hell. I did see highlights of Castaño stopping Omatoso, but I don't care. And no, no, but what you do need to care about. Burchelt, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, Burchelt. He is. Tell me. I, all right. I, I'm going to be a, there's a little devil's advocate, a little hot takey. Why? Why? What? Give me one good reason why anyone should ever have favored Gervonta Davis over him at 130. Um, never. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody got the score right. You're telling me that people have favored Mikhail Burchelt over? No, Tank over over Burchelt. Why should anyone oh, favor Tank like, over Burchelt at one thirty? I'll favor Tank over Burchelt today and tomorrow and yesterday, bro. Yeah, you think Burchelt? Uh, okay, Burchelt. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. What I see right now, until I'm convinced otherwise. Burchell, I came to know him as a lot of people did during that stretch in HBO's final death run when they didn't have a budget and they thought, hey, how can we still matter? Oh, let's promote all these bangers at 130 and 26 and 30. The, the Vargas is the, the is the, more than a banger, Brian. I get it. Know. So hold on. The Salidos, the all those guys. It turned out that Miguel Burchell, who was prime at that moment, I just didn't know who he was, was of those bangers. The guy with the most combination of craft, balls, bang, bros, all that stuff. But that's Did you also say bang bros accidentally. Yeah, but that's or actually on purpose. Accidentally on purpose. But that's also um, that's also like saying, "Hey, you're the prettiest girl from the uh from the mining town, right?" Like it's like at the same time, Rafe. We're yeah, talking. You know, did did has Tank beaten any of those bangers? I was gonna get to that. I get why people are waiting and wanting for Tank to lose. I get it. I get I want him the to lose. I no, want him listen, to fight somebody to prove himself. Yes, I get the controversy, even about him fighting Yuri Gamboa on December twenty eighth in Atlanta on Showtime, in 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 which people are just like, "Come on!" To me, look, Gamboa sent Rocky Martinez to hell. He kind of earned that fight. I get it's not like this amazing step up. I get it. Okay, it is what it is. He's a star for Showtime. They're they're peddling him. Okay, all that good stuff. But no, dude, how are you not watching Gervonta and not seeing the speed, power, and plus skills and all that? Granted, against slower-paced matchmaking than we would want, but no, he would send Burchelt to hell. Would it be really fun to see if Burchelt could withstand that and get up in that kitchen and get up? I, I, I thought Burchelt was getting in that ass. Yeah, that'd be great, Jamie Foxx, right? That'd be real fun. 
But no, Tank's sending that dude to hell, bro. That's crazy, man. The amount of disrespect for this guy who's actually out here winning belts and defending belts and fighting real competition, sending Jason Sosa to hell. So guys who actually fight at, at the championship level in a weight class, and we've seen in the ring in positions we can judge before versus a guy who's just all, all smoke and mirrors, right? And name one fighter better than Chris Algieri. He beat Brian. Now, look, you're not wrong by that. Okay. You're a hundred percent not wrong by that. And, and, but when and you I can look see at you're Tank, not wrong that, the, that there is that the talent you, there's visible talent there yes. with Javante Davis and an amateur pedigree that is, that, that counts for a whole lot. But the, the, the immediate, Oh, Rochelle couldn't had no chance against a guy like that. Really? Really? You remember a guy named Chino Marcos Maidana when he was supposed to get sent by Adrian Broner? Things happen like that sometimes. Okay. Do you remember a guy named Antonio DeMarco? He's garbage, Who brother. stepped up against Adrian Broner? Like, I mean, I'm telling you, it's one of those type fights. And by the way, Jason Sosa lost to Gamboa within the last three years. Like, I like... You know, you can send Haskell Lydell Rhodes to hell, but you're still going to lose to Burchell. There's levels to this. Inevitably, when somebody's unproven yet is showing you flashiness, you're like, well, he's got to get past that guy because that's the litmus test. Burchell may be that perfect litmus test to show you how great Gervonta actually is, but Gervonta actually is great. When you look at him and you see him, you think, oh, wow, he could be something. For Burchell, I think you see a guy who's honest and strong and really good, but I see Burchell's ceiling. I, I I think you I think so I think I probably am underrating I'm underrating Javante Davis and you're underrating Miguel Burchelt. Well, who's a better opponent in 2019? Then who? Gamboa or Sosa? Then what? Gamboa or Sosa? At 135, I don't look that neither of them is that exciting to because me because Gamboa um, beat Sosa. That was a majority decision. Whatever. I'm sure it was garbage. Yeah, they're yeah. they're just trying to milk that name. I mean, Gamboa was done when he was crap in the bed and barely beating Darlis right. Perez right. and I Michael Perez. All right, there will not be uh, Gamboa slander on this. Topic, I'm not even. Right? I'm not. I was. I'm not even that. I, look, I'm only. I was even moderately interested when. Bud Crawford beat Gamboa because it was. Oh come I mean, on, dude! He won. The he's first a, he's four like rounds. a featherweight, dude. He shouldn't be up there. He won the first four rounds and he was willing to go out in a shield and he hurt Bud late. Okay. He did, yeah. He did hurt Bud late. But, okay. Um, did I ever tell you about Tyson Fury? Tyson Fury is really the six eight six nine version of Terrence Crawford. Uh, Rafe, um, we get real time tweets sometimes. I got a real time tweet to you and I from uh, C H R I Cry at. Crawdaddy underscore C. I never heard of this guy. Is he part of our family? He said, two SOC pods this week and no Boxeo. What a disaster. I'm part of the Boxeo hardcore. I keep track of this pod week to week. I, I love that. I love that tweet. I love his, you know, he's going to be fired up when he finds out we, no, we are recording this week. And we are shouting him out. We, you know, BC walks around like he is the B-E-S-T, and I got news for people. He just might be. Look, we, look, you know what we have. Let's face it. We all have problems, right? All right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to go to the bathroom or something, Rafe? 
real bad. All right, let me pause the show. Okay, well, right. look, we, 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 we exposed the fourth wall here, the, the, the fourth urinal. Go ahead, Rafe, get out. And, folks, it's magnificent. All right, we're back from the bathroom, Rafe. Let's roll on here. I wanted to talk to you about uh, the, maybe this show's favorite heavyweight. And, uh, hopefully the winner will get to face my favorite fighter, Delonte Wilder. Uh, shout out to Delonte Wilder, the, the hero we need, Rafe, for going public at his uh, PBC streamed wor- public workout from his Alabama gym this week and during a question and answer session saying, uh, hell no, I don't need to be the WBC uh, franchise champion or whatever the hell they're calling that thing who doesn't fight mandatories and just does what he wants. Um, boxing is all about fighting mandatories in the next in line. Rafe, like, thank you. At least somebody got this screwed up sport, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, good for him. It is. I look. I, I appreciate it. It's it's interesting I, that because there was a lot. There has been a lot of uh, speculation that he would be next to be named a franchise champion by the WBC, and usually that distinction is something that, it, if it's going to happen, is pursued by his management, by his promoters, whoever's handling him. That was, I think, the case for both uh, Canelo and for Lomachenko when they got it, as annoying as all that crap was. Um, so I wonder if if Wilder, you know, is sort of jumped the gun ahead of time. Uh, if maybe, the, and if he did, great for, thank you for doing that, Deontay, because I almost called him Delante. Thank you for doing that because, now it's going to make it a lot harder for someone to get to, for for PBC to push for that distinction for him because it'll look ridiculous for him to say this thing sucks and then be and then get it. Uh, so I'm glad that he sort of preempted that, and I hope that it's totally pointless for he- the heavyweight division where it's not like he needs to go pursue higher weights. I doubt he's looking to go down to cruiserweight and fight Junior Dorticos, uh, although that would be explosive someone's getting knocked out um and it's just uh, actually you know what i i do hope he comes down to cruise away to join the really most wonderful division in the in in the sport of this of, of boxing but anyway um yeah no it's cool that he said it it is a little bit ironic right because don't you think yeah i mean it's like rain um but <laughs> it's he's of course why he's the guy who wasn't forced to fight a mandatory for two years. And they kept coming up with ways to elevate guys above Dillian White and call them the mandatory. And they just didn't done it again with Tyson Fury. Now, this time it makes sense because Dillian White is under a, a, a cloud of, of uh, P.D. Hayes. Uh, he's just walking through the clambuterol mist right now. Yes. So, uh, look, I, I understand and, and – no one kind of expected Wilder to have to fight Dillian White next. But the previous two years, there probably was a chance in there rather than the Brazil fight. Uh, but whatever. Um, at least you can't – I guess I guess you take the wins where you can get them in boxing. There, There is no perfect messenger in our sport. And if Wilder is, is you know, saying, saying good things today – then thank you for that. I won't hold it against you if you say something that contradicts it tomorrow. Um, you did mention Wilder fighting Cool Ranch Dorticos uh, at Cruiser. Wow. The champ. Ooh. Ooh. It smells <laughs> smell like Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> 
like you know, Brian, uh, I think I think wow, I taking think the one chip challenge. Remember that was the hot thing for the second rave. Remember when people used to fill salad bowls with water and stand in the driveway in a Canadian tuxedo and pour it over their head with ice in it? Yeah. All right. And then do like the double double gun salute. Yeah. Bang, bang. Yeah, I think I just interrupted you. Whatever, we got to roll on. This show's sloppy and weird, Rafe. Uh, speaking of uh, G- Delante Davis, uh, Gervonta Tank Davis, Rafe, um, you talk about against two who he's fought. Well, according to Chris Mannix, he fought Adrian Broner, a, a, a legitimate welterweight, but or did they? What the hell's? What does this mean? So Mannix reports fight night that they th- threw haymakers at each other outside of Canelo's locker room, including Tank's. PR guy getting lit up. Everybody has refuted that from Steven Espinosa sending him to hell to both fighters putting out videos laughing about it. Um, I don't know. What, what, who do we believe here, Rafe? Does it well, matter? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Broner I mean, gets under people's skin. Spence doesn't like him at all. Well, what's that got to do with either of these two guys, these two blokes? Um, it seems it seems like you got to believe the fighters, right? I mean, or at least take them at their word until there's something to suggest. Otherwise, neither guy looked like he had been in a fight. Neither guy looked like he had been struck by a haymaker. Uh, I guess we haven't seen the the PR man, whoever that's supposed to be. So there is, I mean, we don't have any sort of definitive evidence. But if these guys had gotten into a fight, they probably wouldn't like each other that much i mean some sometimes you bang it out in the backyard and you and then you go hug it and you go you know and polish off a case of mountain dew and and natty light but you know i i don't know that um that broner and javante davis are are necessarily like the masias brothers out there in tehachapi and i think they if look if they had gotten if there was real beef if they got into a fight and and didn't like each other over it they wouldn't be the on twitter the next day clowning the report and saying it wasn't true so i I take their word for it it's it's unfortunate that i don't know something somehow the the wires got crossed and 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 mannix had this had his source screwed him over or something yeah it's very it's very interesting i know not not everybody cares about it you have two fighters going to beat seven kinds of shit out of each other and you're yeah oh that was a weird sound bite uh uh where was i going with this rafe I don't know. I don't know. Russ Amber territory. Yeah, Russ Amber territory. And show you some magic. Indeed. Okay. Um, where, did you make a strap season joke about seatbelts on Spencer? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It still ain't seatbelt season, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's get out of this. Why? Well, in fact, how about some more ridiculousness on this pod? Let's talk to KSI, Rafe. I enjoy this bloke. He's coming at you right now. This was from Canelo Kovalev fight week when I sat down with him. And like Logan Paul, it kind of kind of charmed me. I, I like me some JJ, some KSI. Didn't know this guy. He's on YouTube. I'm not on YouTube. That's what Abel Sanchez said. But I know him now, and you're about to hear from him. Don't fast forward. It's KSI in your ear hole. Enjoy. You want to talk about big stars in Canelo Kovalev Fight Week? We're talking about a rapper, YouTube sensation, <laughs> the great KSI. Am I going to call you yeah. JJ? Yeah, yeah. Joe, you can call me JJ. Okay. Yeah. What is your full name, by the way? Olajide uh, Olatunji. Love it. It's a Love Nigerian it. descent. A week from today. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. A week from this weekend, November 9th, yep. Los Angeles. The rematch against Logan Paul. But this time, mm. the headgear's coming off. Yes. The professional gloves are coming on. Just, a, what, about a year after your draw? When yeah, was that fight yeah. in... Um, I, I felt like I won the fight anyway, but uh, this time, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I won. The this is wild because 
this is a real deal. This is a yeah, real yeah, boxing this match. Is it's headlining a virtual pay per view. Yes. Half the boxing world is like, F these YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> the other half of the boxing world is like, you know what? These guys bring attention and yeah. they respect the game. Mm. What are you getting? What are you getting from people? Uh, well, I mean, I'm obviously getting both sides. Uh, I've been getting a lot of people saying, uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, we've trained all our lives to get to this point, and you've just, I guess, skipped a load of the hard work, essentially, and just gone straight to the top top point. And I understand, and I, you know, I, I feel like uh, during next Saturday, I'll show people that I've been putting in the work. Like, obviously, I'm taking this extremely seriously. Uh, I've had a camp in Vegas. Uh, toughest thing I've ever done in my life. Literally, we have been training like madmen. Twice a day, three times, some some days, mountain runs, sparring like three, four times a week. Like, it's been it's been tough, but it's been good, especially mentally a, a as well. In, in, I mean, I know Logan Paul's got the... Good high school football player, yeah, big time yeah. amateur wrestler. Did you have any kind of? My background was gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play games. I used to play like FIFA uh, and uh, yeah, Call of Duty, and that was pretty much it. That was my uh, that was my background. So I had no idea how to box two years ago. Well, I used the term respect the game because I had the same feeling coming into the first fight. I'm mm. like, I mean, Eddie Hearn's involved. What are we doing yeah, here? Yeah. Is this going to look like in, in the States, celebrity boxing, sometimes you get these washed actors yeah. who put on the gloves and it's sloppy. Yeah, yeah. But you guys, like, cared. And you yeah. brought it, and it was actually a compelling fight. It ends up a split draw. Mm. One judge had it for you. Two judges had it even. So how different is the rematch going to be now that we're doing it on the pro level? Well, I think, obviously, because it's pro, there's no head guards, uh, 10 ounce. Obviously, shots are going to count more. So a lot of the strikes that I hit him with will drop him, 100%. I hit hard. I know I hit hard. And uh, I've just been working on my form, making sure my defense is tight, making sure I'm able to, you know, take shots and come back with my own. And, uh, yeah, like, I think for me, the main thing is mentally. Uh, That has been a huge change whereas before I would always be afraid to get hit like in the last fight and the fight before I was just always afraid to get hit I didn't want to get touched I wanted to hit and not get hit whereas this time I've mentally got past that barrier and I'm okay to get hit and continue moving forward and then with that I can see a lot more opportunities and I'm able to see more than what I would normally be able to see when I was always like trying to you know step on the outside because I was afraid to get hit so uh, yeah, we. I'm ready, man. All right, but, what's what's it like uh, now? You're an accomplished entertainer. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, how many subscribers are we talking about? Uh, so point? on my main channel, I believe I've got 20 million. I mean, that's just a, that's and insanity. Second, I think so. It's what like I'm six saying is, you're comfortable in a spotlight. You're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Pressure, yeah. but it's a, it's got to be a different thing. So take me back to England when you're making the damn ring walk, and you're you know you're great in front of a camera, but mm. now you're gonna watch people. Well, People I, are going to watch you shirtless in a fight. So, yeah. what's that? What was that? Well, last year I was—I I admit I was a bit nervous uh, because you know it was—I I didn't know how Logan fought, and uh, essentially I was just putting myself into the deep end. And especially when I realized he had a really good jab, I started panicking a bit because I realized, oh, I'm struggling to get in. I don't really know what to do. And obviously, I was like, oh, I don't want to get hit. So I was—I was just caught in two minds. So after round three, I decided, okay, I'm just going to have to go for it. 
and uh, we're pretty much got having that whole mentality but from the get-go in the, the rematch but obviously with a lot more skill and uh, well a boxing IQ Logan Paul was on the show just a couple weeks ago and yeah. uh, man my listeners were uh where get this guy off here. I thought he was charming. He he talked a lot of trash, though, so I want you to address yeah. a couple of things this man has said. Okay. First of all, he said he watched your original amateur fight against a different YouTuber. Joella, yeah. And he's watched your body grow, and he said, look, if, if somebody's, and he said, we've got drug testing for this fight, but <laughs> if somebody's using PEDs, it's basically JJ. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that, no. <laughs> I'm all natural, baby. All right, all and, right. Uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, for me, everything is hard work and being legit. So, yeah. I and he know. claims he's the slicker boxer. He's the bigger puncher. The only thing he gives you credit for is that turning point in the first fight, which you mentioned, where you went for it. He yeah. said you turned into an animal. You got, you had some dog in you. He'll give you that credit. Mm. Is he right though? Is he the is he the better trained boxer here? I mean, who who? What'd you get a feeling when, well, you, when you I match mean, skills? In I there? feel for like for the last fight. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll admit he did definitely bring in more a be- better form compared to me. But uh, that's why for the rematch I've been working on my form, making sure every time I'm punching, you know, my hands are up. Every every time I'm, you know, slipping, I'm still able to get into a position to be able to counter his shots, etc. So, like, we've been working hard on my form and my defense and uh, making sure I'm attacking as well. Because, uh, Who do you have in your corner working? Who's advising? So I have um, Jeff Mayweather, uh, Larry Wade, or Coach Larry, uh, Stitch as my cop nice. man. Jacob Duran, yes. And uh, I've got Vidal Riley as uh, a boxing coach, uh, Leon Williams as my SNC coach, and uh, yeah, Harvey uh, as my uh, physio, uh, Eric. Uh, as my chef. Um, wow, this is this is a full-on professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. Training We're taking this you. extremely seriously because it it's a serious fight. Like, there's a lot on the line for me, and you know, there's a lot I want to get out of this, and it's a huge okay, opportunity. What what is on the line for you in this? Because people will look at this as you're some rich yeah. guy with connections okay. who's acting out a dream. What's <laughs> on the line for you? In this? Well, I mean, my whole career essentially, <laughs> because everything has come to this point. If I lose this, I'm going to be a laughing piece for years on years, maybe even for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to have to see memes of me either knocked down or knocked out. I'm going to have to see uh, videos, countless videos of people tormenting me, tweets tormenting me, comments tormenting me. Like, it's not like a normal boxing fight where you fight, uh, you win, and that's it, or you lose, and that's it. Nothing else really happens. It's constant, constant constant reminding yes. of what happened and with this fight i want to use it to push my music career push my youtube career as well like it's just it allows me to reach a new level and that's why i put all my hard work into this that's why i spent hundreds of thousands to make sure i'm in the best position possible to destroy logan paul all right well this this boxing game is no joke it's, yeah. it's a cruel sport yes and are you willing to risk it all to win? Because there's certain moments in fights when mm. you, it's like the only way I'm going to win this is going for broke. Look, if you get out ahead of your, job I won't need to go for broke. Him, I won't need to go. Well, there, for broke. will there be? A, there won't be a moment where you. May no, have no, to make no, no. I my fitness is beyond his. I've made sure that I'm fit. Like 
with the last fight, my conditioning was good. With this fight, my conditioning is ridiculous. Like, six rounds is nothing. And the thing is, with this fight, I'm going to be, like, punching as well. It's not like I'm going to keep it at a slow pace. It's going to be at a fast pace from the get-go, and he's not going to be able to survive. He's gonna, I'm going to put him in deep waters, and he's going to struggle to breathe. And as soon as he realizes he can't do any of this he's going to go for broke himself he's going to you know have his a little bit of resistance and i'm going to take it and i'm going to come back with my own and then i'm going to finish him all right get me so. fired up for this fight right here <laughs> uh logan talked a lot of trash but he said look we're two villains we're people that people love to hate this is mm. two there's no hero in this fight this is two villains coming together yeah. i kind of feel like you're the if we're pro wrestling this mm. you're a little bit more the baby face people seem to like you more yeah than than a logan paul who if you don't know anything, if you're not a subscriber to him, the only thing you know is bad about Logan Paul. Basically, yeah, right? yeah, and yeah, I, I understand that. And you know, like if people see me as the hero or the villain, it doesn't change the outcome of this fight. For me, the outcome is Logan Paul getting knocked out. Oh, wow. It's simple as that. Like he's going to try and you know, like show that he's big and macho. But at the end of the day, you know, he's can I can I say the p word? I would love if you did. Oh, why well, he's a. Wow, wow. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, like he's going to try and have this whole bravado. He has yes men constantly around him. He has Shannon Briggs telling him what he wants to hear. But once he realizes that he's in an actual fight with me and that I'm not taking it easy and I'm taking this for real and he's getting punched in the face repeatedly, he's going to realize this is real. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting a war. Yes. And, it w- it, w- it and will be a war. And ultimately, is this the beginning of something? You're, you're an entertainer who has so many options. You're saying well, that you hope a victory lifts your music game, lifts uh, your, your cultural imprint, if you will. But if this fight does monster numbers for DAZN and it's exciting and it's fun, could, could, could you, is this something you think you might want to do? Well, I'm going <laughs> to, well, I'm going to, with this fight, I'm going to make sure that I show the boxing community that I know how to box and box well to the point where they respect it fully, especially after only training for two years. Like, I've dedicated my life to this. And same with um, my fans. They're going to watch this and rally up and be excited for what's to come. And you never know, like, after this, like, trust me, with this camp, it was tough. It, It was one of the toughest things. I've had ups and downs. You know, I've had high points. I've had low points. And, you know, there's a story behind that. And uh, for me, like, I've come out a much better person mentally and physically. And I feel as soon as I get in that ring, show everyone what I'm about. Hey, you never know. Like, in the future, I could do more fights. Wow. Like, wow, to, very- at that point, I feel, trust me, when, I'm, when, <laughs> when I destroy Logan Paul, you're going to see, people are going to be like, yo, JJ could actually beat other profiles. <laughs> All right, special thanks to KSI, Rafa. It's weird. It's weird how much these guys are putting in their words in in terms of the importance of this fight. Like, it's a moneymaker. It's a pseudo-grudge match. But KSI just said, and let's not forget Logan Paul on this show said, like, my goal is to become the biggest entertainer in the world. That if he doesn't win this fight, like he does, he feels it's going to be a major blow to his entertainment future. Is that a bunch of like hogwash in your eyes, or is there something to that? Oh yeah, it is a bunch of hogwash in my eyes. Why? Why would it be a, a huge blow to either man's future? They already fought once, and I guess it was a draw. I, 
it didn't really change. I don't think it really had a huge material impact on either of their careers. They, I got, I should have put this chocolate in my mouth. I got, you know what I'm talking about? It sounds terrible. Wow, that's great. That's real good. Yeah. But anyway, Brian, um, you see my dog over here? No. I can't see what he's doing over there at the hot dog truck. Is that bear? That's bear, man. Yeah. Wow. Look, he's giving me a stern old look right now. He don't play with people. No, but anyway, no. these guys, uh, no, I, I look, I, I think they are taking it seriously and good for them. They're obviously trying to get in shape. They aren't, could they be taking it more seriously? Sure. If, if, if they were taking it as seriously as possible, they probably wouldn't have gotten Instagram stars as trainers, right? I mean, you see Shannon Briggs out here tra- training anybody else in boxing. Not to say that he doesn't know the sport. He clearly does. But it ain't like they they went and resurrected the uh, the the erect corpse of Customato to uh, to to train them. Teddy ain't in the corner. Uh, actually, Teddy would be amazing in one of these corners. Oh. Uh, uh, just questioning the manhood of of Logan Paul. Well, uh, then uh, actually, sorry to go off track here, but I was thinking earlier this morning. One of the lines on which this fight is being sold is that, oh, it's so outside the box. We're trying things new. We're trying to bring a new audience to boxing. And I I understand that point of view. But if you really wanted to think outside the box, why not have like a – why wouldn't DAZN, in addition to – Whoever's calling the fight, it, 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 does it have, is it going to be Brian Kenny and Mannix? That no, will be funny. No, it's Todd Grisham he announced on the show. Uh, well, Grisham, Grisham knows a thing or two about kayfabe. Uh, so, um, but, it, but it would be amazing to have like a second feed. You know how they do the – like for the, the NCAA championships, they'll have – the the sort of like a homer a homer feed yes. uh, of Rex Chapman calling the Kentucky game. Well, what if you had the Teddy call and he's just just the the bitter I don't know what you call it like the bitter angry hardcore boxing fan feed that you could pay an extra five dollars to listen to and it's just Teddy sending these guys to hell <laughs> for being terrible human beings scum of the earth like just just unloading all of all of the worst teddyisms making fun of their technique putting flies on their windshield i would i would i would pay the extra five bucks for the teddy feed but anyway um that is not permissible that is not allowable (laughs) there's no doubt about it yeah um but Hey, look, it's 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 fun i'm curious what's gonna happen Uh, there's nothing wrong with circus fights the only the only thing for me is that uh, we don't need to sell it like anything. We don't need to put it's boxing. We don't need to put lipstick on this pig. There are circus fights all the time, not all the time, but regularly in this sport. And it's part of the sport. We accept it. Just it's fu- like we don't got to say it's to save boxing or it's going to benefit. We don't got to make up all this crap. All right. There's money to be made. Go make it. Wow, make that money, player. Get right. that money, player. Yeah, indeed. We're going to revisit this fight in a. In would a, you? Would you let your you your care. your your sons watch these uh, YouTube blokes? I would. My sons are. They don't care, bro. You think they care about this man's life, this guy's family? I, no. I thought that's what the gen their generation wants. So no, you, my, are, no, are, are you telling me you're son. the only parent who succeeded in preventing yes. their yes. The, well, his young children yes. from turning into? 
horrible Gen yes. Z twerps they're and that they're like you got them just like mainlining Steven Seagal and classic Van Damme they're only 11 they're just starting the phase of like having their own iPad but it's closely monitored it's not like hey go off in your room for five hours and don't come back like when we were young Ray for oh hey go on your BMX bike and be gone for the next seven hours and don't tell anybody so you're, you're the, these young Campbells are not don't have the the, the the voodoo cable box, man. No, They're not no, going to be it. able to watch scramble porn. How are you going to? How are you raising these they children? Listen to me, okay. Uh, I'm very Tim Lane with them, um, but no, like you know, like I talk about with them a lot on the pro wrestling pod when they were not allowed to watch boxing or this or that. Man, they loved it, and we'd sneak it all the time. But then when mom gave in, it was like, yeah, all right, whatever, go watch what you want. They come in the room and I'm watching this stuff, man. They don't care, and they certainly don't care about. Logan Paul. So, yeah, nobody cares in my family, right? All right. So, F you. Hey, remember earlier when you were talking about that uh, Russian guy who may or may not drink a lot, according to your colleague, Mike Coppinger? Sergei or Sergei Kovalev. You offline. The champ at 175 the former pounds. Champ, right, right. The journalist. Um, You hit me up earlier with a potential. Was it you who hit me up with a potential opponent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where does Kovalev go from here? Uh, Dwyer might have the answer. One of the best boxing towns in the United States of America. Which one? Is Chicago. Chicago. Who's from Chicago? Who fights out of Chicago? Right. Think Alphonse Fanfara. Wow, Rafe. What do you think? Well, okay. Do you think he's trolling us by this point? Like, it's one It's one thing to say. Boxing folklore has it that Carmine Bastillo after. It's one thing to say Carmine Bastillo or Sergei Kovalev or remember that time he said Regis Progray, which is like, I don't even know what he said. It's just, it was like, yeah, I was like, he had a seizure in mid sentence, but to say Alphonse, like we've done the Andy fun far, the Andre, the Andres, the Andrew, uh, you think what, you think Alphonse Fanfara is worse necessarily than Carmine Bastillo uh, for for Carmen Basilio? I don't know, man. See, we we got to connect with Dwyer. I got to go back to the well because did you see the Dwyer beard now? He's got like this angry beard. Did you see that episode of Dwyer recently where his like daughter walked in on the analysis and he's like, "All right, folks, I, I got to go be a dad." Like like it was some burden on his life, man. But like Alphonse Fanfara, like what? Well, look, I tell you, I would be very I look you you figure Kovalev has two fights left on this deal. It was part of the part of this contract to to you know, to go in there and get served up to Canelo was that he gets two he's he's guaranteed two fights after that, assuming he doesn't retire or go to prison. Um and Wow, Rafe, wow. Okay. He uh, November twenty fifth, his trial starts in, in California. That 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 is a real thing. Um What did he what did he uh He's accused of of batter assault and battery, uh, allegedly beating up a woman who refused his advances, which is uh, nothing to laugh at. My crime channel here on YouTube. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, 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 oh man! Oh man! Uh, um, wait, so wait, he beat her up? So okay, maybe I didn't. No, read it allegedly, motherfucker. <laughs> Sergei Kovalev. <laughs> I thought he got a handsy with her. I thought he tra- he like. Like I'm not saying he got to second base on the airplane, but I thought he tried to get. This is handsy. not the airplane. This is this is this was in Big Bear. Oh, allegedly. this is separate than the airplane. This is not the airplane. The airplane. The there is no criminal. There are no criminal charges from the airplane that we. So know the of. airplane. Did he try to come onto a girl and she said no, and then he threw money at her? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. Well, that that's that's what that's what Mike Coppinger reported at the Athletic. I don't know about that website, Rafe. 
I think it is fantastic. Very worth worth whatever price you paid for it. Whenever you pay, so if you paid ninety nine cents for the year, you got a deal. If you paid three dollars a month, good, not too bad either. All right, all right, yeah, okay. There's only two things in this world, Rafe. I really care about. It's a simple concept. Bitches and cigarettes. Everybody's happy. Yes. Uh, Rafe, it's time. Let's, let's, no, I want to talk about the Wash Kovalev career here. Do you want to? I mean, the, yeah, we, we could have some fun with this. There are some good Wash names out there. Rocky Fielding? For him. What's that? Rocky Fielding? Uh, I, I know. I mean, I, 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 wanna, I, want, I, want, I want Fanfara. I want maybe Cleverly will come out of retirement. We'll have Cleverly 2. We can see... Um, your guy up there in New England, Carpency, oh, Chad Dawson. He's not I mean, there's Carpency's so like backwoods Pennsylvania. He's not a New England guy. Do not confuse. Sorry, okay, sorry. okay. I want, I want guys. All right, yeah, I know you want guys for this conversation. Um, unfortunately, with Chad Dawson coming off that win over Grachev, he unfortunately would be like the perfect opponent for Kovalev, right? I figure there's going to be one get back fight and then like a cash out against Bevel or something. So. What do you think about Chad Dawson as that get back fight? I'm all over that. Are you kidding? You know he goes into the What about what do you think about um Adonis Stevenson as that get back fight? Oh, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I mean like Sorry. Too soon, bro. I mean, come <laughs> on. You got I'm in, jokes a very inspiring journey. <laughs> it's the worst podcast ever. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think Broner at this stage of his career has the reflexes to deal with the bang bang. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, he has fathered a few different kids, Rafe. So did I tell you? Oh, I told this story on Morning Combat. Rafe, I was on the subway. You grew up on the subway. I did. I rode the subway every day to school for six years. Like J-Lo. You... Hour 15 each way. Really? Yeah. Hour 15? From your house? I mean, if I if I if I could, uh, you know, sometimes I could catch an express and make it in like fifty five. Would you? Oh, you went to high school with uh, Max Kellerman at Fame, right? <laughs> the Fame High School, not that it wasn't the Fame High School, but yes, the high school that produced luminaries such as Max Kellerman, Young MC, Bust a Move, Lin Manuel Miranda of Hamilton, what Manuel? Uh, and uh who else uh immortal technique uh i also was was uh forced to sing the love boat in the the high school courtyard at risk of being put in a Wait, garbage can by him and his goons where was your high school uh it's uh, like 96th street on the east side like right you know like like mm. all right um i was on the four five mm-hmm. that used to get down right yeah that was one of the that was one one of my potential routes to get up there all right, this gentleman sits down next to me, right? I'm employing my traditional, I was raised with no eye contact, wallet in the front pocket, that kind of that kind of jam, right? Those kind of natural street smart techniques. I'm Still, on... nothing wrong with that. Everyone should keep doing that stuff. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, and, you know, don't get caught slipping. There are people out here who will take advantage of you. Right. I, I, I unfortunately, in 2013, as recently as 2013, I was in Brooklyn and accepted a CD that was offered to me at the street. Oh, Lord. Bad, bad idea, Rafe. Wow. Um, so dude sits down, right? We don't engage. There's no eye contact. There's no what's up, dude. He's 37 years old. African American male looks completely normal. If you told me he was like, any any job, I would have accepted it. Maybe short of, like, Wall Street, right? But, like, look like an average bloke. 
Uh, within a minute and a half, he tells me that he's 37, has fathered 19 kids, all boys, has seven grandchildren. Tells me it's a blessing that they were all boys. But the problem is that his boys are too much like him and none of them respect women. So I'm looking around at the eyes of everybody else on the train that can hear, and they're just like, what is going on here? Then Rafe, I don't respond, and he just goes into a breakdown of each of the conceivements and blames five of them on females lacing his weed. He's like, if they get to your weed, they get to you. Um, That woman judge. Rafe, look. There's certain questions in life. Did he get to the part of the story where he was drugged and forced to appear in a dog pound oh USA video? Oh my god, Rafe. Wow. Does, does he know Yusuf uh, Mack? Wow, that was a low one, Rafe. It's not a blow, not a blow, blow. Um That's a good punts, man. Rafe, there's certain questions that will never get answered, right? Like uh what would you do if your son was at home? Lying all alone lying on all his alone. bedroom floor, right? Because he's hungry. Yeah, I mean, and the only way to... Uh, uh, Rafe... <coughs> and the only way to feed him is to sleep with yeah, a exactly. golden boy for a little bit of money. Rafe, you're a little bit more seasoned on on the streets than me. You grew up in Manhattan. You've probably seen a mugging. You've probably experienced you know that a mugging. I've been mugged. I've seen him. And and I've been, I haven't been on both sides of it, but I've been on the receiving end. <laughs> uh, they I've made a, seen them as well. They made a movie about your childhood called Kids. You you know you've lived a different existence. <laughs> I don't. I, I, those those kids were whack, man. <laughs> I, I was a, I was an athlete. Rafe, I wasn't what some was skater I, punk chump mother. What? So what I did was the scared white guy routine. And actually, no, why say white guy? It wasn't a race thing. This guy, like, it was not. There's not some scary. Yeah, this is just a. This is a crazy person. This is a crazy person thing. Um, what should have been my response? Like, I had no response. I was actually just like, oh my god! I took out my headphones. I stuck them in. I hopefully that would. I would hope that would end it. It just continued. But uh, what what do you do, Rafe? I mean, there's no playbook for that. I mean, you can. It, you, I think the. The most risk averse thing is to just walk away, right? Get up and be like, I don't fuck this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rafe, do you um, believe him though? What? Do you believe him? Like this ain't um I don't know. Who cares? This ain't Salt Lake City, right? This ain't Brunei. Do people father uh nineteen kids before thirty seven with I mean Vander Holyfield's pretty close, right? It's not it's not it's obviously possible. It's humanly po- that look, the the former Senator of the Philippines, Ramon Ravi, Revilla. Oh, they're talking about Pacquiao, Senator Pacquiao. Okay. No, no, not, not Nanny Pacquiao. Uh, Ramon Revilla used to, I mean, he, he was famous for having fathered over 80 children in his life. And he, one of the things that he would run on every election cycle is that, but I know all of their names and I support them all. I'm a good father. So, I mean, they, look, you can, you can, you could get it in a lot if you try. Wow. Wow. Oh, I don't know if I understand that. I think I understand that. I don't know if I understand that. <coughs> All right, Rafe, let's end the show. Oh, sorry. Hey, it's time for the weekend. Uh, it's time <laughs> That's for it. we're out of here. Yeah, My show's it. over. Uh, it's weekend. Sorry, time. Nonito. So here's the problem, Nonito. By the time most people hear this show, the fight would have already happened. We don't care though. By so you're saying that by the time that most people hear this show, Brian, Nonito, the Filipino Flash Donaire will have pulled off 
the 2019 upset of the year, exposing the monster Naoya Inoue in Japan, sending him with a peach of a left hook. Do you remember Vintage early, Nonito? Do you remember as early as 2015 when we were doing the ropes podcast on Grantland? I was heckling you that Nonito has, was washed. Look at where he is now four years later. Like, shout out to Nonito Donare. Uh, Thursday morning, Saitama, Japan, in the zone. I believe the main event is expected to start around 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's the finals of the WBSS Bantamweight. It's a unification bout. But the problem is Nonito at 36 is facing arguably the pound for pound king. If if you follow the top operators, uh, shout out to Mike Coppinger. You're a, you're, you're a quality operator, quality bloke, a quality fighter. Um, it's Naoya Inoue, the monster, Rafe, and he will take your soul. He will send you to hell, Rafe. Like you took his nuts, now you got to take his heart. You know what I'm saying, Rafe? Took his whole soul. Yeah. It took a piece of his soul. Um, so here's the deal, Rafe. If he pulls this off, like he's already basically a Hall of Famer, right? Yes, 100%. What or who is Nonito Donaire, who, by the way, went up as high as Feather, right? Who's back down at 118 if he lands one of those left hooks, bro? One of them things that took Guillermo... Rigondiao down. That wasn't even the real left hook that took. I mean, he didn't. It, we didn't really. It was kind of. Remember, they were kind of in a clinch, and and Nonito sort of pushed off and and managed to land. I mean, it put him down, but it wasn't. That wasn't the full Nonito experience. I mean, not not like the Jeffrey Mathabula, the the um, Nishioka. Fernando Montiel experience. I mean, that if that if that punch lands, woo, dude. I think he knocked out Nish or uh, uh, Montiel, but then. The demons were coming out of Montiel because of the exorcism, and he <laughs> got up and kept fighting. And the... Yeah, that's was I... that Russell Moro who allowed that fight to continue? No, that for... was, I think it was Vic Draculich. I think that was a. Uh, oh, that just... was a classic refereeing performance. Yeah, like, you see, the... you see that reaction. You're like, all right. I mean, his, his limbs were spasming in, in negative directions, and, and the ref is like, yeah, go for it, bro. You, can you still fight? This, this is reminds great. Brian, uh, the, one of the great parts from the DAZN broadcast last last weekend, Steve Smoger was the uh, referee expert analyst, and during the Sinesa Estrada, Marlon Esparza fight, they keep going to him and like, Steve, what do you think about this cut? Should they consider stopping the fight? And he's like... I see no reason for this fight to be stopped. Oh my God, smokes! <laughs> I don't see brain yet. <laughs> and there's like, and, then, and and right before the fight was stopped, um, <laughs> I forget. Esparza said something to the effect that like she couldn't see or or couldn't go, and then it got and and then it was stopped, and it wasn't it was unclear exactly how what was going to happen after that. And they cut the smoker, and he's like. If she had just kept her mouth shut, they wouldn't have stopped the fight. Oh, I didn't hear <laughs> any of this, Amazing. Dude. I saw him walk by me at press row, and I'm like, Smokes, SS! He comes over to show me love, but then he makes a reference that it was obvious in the moment he may not remember exactly who I am because it was weird. He's like, oh, I heard you breaking down that thing the other day. It was great. And then he starts to tell me what I was breaking down. He's like, yeah, the quarterback, you were ripping on that quarterback. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Basically, you come off as like casual sports bro douche. 
he was like, um, who's that quarterback that used to play for the Redskins, the white guy? Rip, rip, ripping, oh, ripping, no, rip. like recently. God, you, oh, Joel Theismann? No. Oh, um, the, the 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 what's his name guy who had the the thing, the meme in the locker room. Yeah, well, you, you so. like that? You like that? I'm not talking about Gus Farah. No, that guy. Yeah, he was talking about that guy. He's like, oh yeah, you were ripping him, and I'm like, where the hell was I ripping that guy? It was awkward, and he walked away. I love me some Steve Smoker though, so shout out to that, Rafe. I don't know how Nonito is not going to get sent to hell here, and I know he's going to be brave. But old Nonito, meaning second half of his career, he don't box. He, he bangs, bro. We got to bang him. I mean, he has boxed at times. But yeah, he still has. He, look, he's not nearly as quick and explosive. The reflexes aren't the same. The power is there. The He's still a very smart fighter in the ring. But that, that explosive quickness just isn't there. And that that probably, I mean, is is going to be the, the, the thing that separates them more than anything else is that you know, Uwe can close distance and hit you with something you don't see, like 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 he shot out at a cannon. I mean, it, it his the the speed and power and precision and everything about him is it has been incredible. Um, and it's hard to imagine Nonito at this stage in his career being able to keep up with that. But he's he he's he's back at one one eight one eighteen. He's really big for this division. You saw them standing next to each other. I mean, he's he's got a few inches in height. He's he's got he's got he might have a stick. He's got that. Well, how much respect if you're in a way, how much respect do you give that left hook? Do you just go in there and try and say, I don't care who you yes, are, yes. who you've knocked yes. out. I'm going to destroy you. Nao, I'm the monster. Nao, uh, a is a generational talent, Rafe. And um, yeah, you just you what you welcome trading punches because they're seriously. If he puts that on, on now look, you can argue like I just did before that that Donaire Donare, uh, Roberto Donero, um, took shots at Feather, like took heavy shots, right? Didn't uh, Nicholas Walter stop him? Yeah, I mean, really, that's the only we haven't seen him stopped other than that. Um, but I don't know, dude, with the speed and the power. I mean, look, it's going to be fun because if we find out early that Donaire can absorb not full power, but can take some shots and compete. He's got the skill and the and the craftiness to to make it interesting. But this is like it's odd. We love the WBSS so much and we should love it for this fight too, because like it's you're gonna get matchups that probably wouldn't have been made otherwise, but I'm still a little nervous for our guy. Oh yeah, of course. I mean he's he he's thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. He's he's up there in the late thirties. Uh and that's the that's the pro you, you have one of these late career good runs and you keep winning you eventually have to <laughs> have to you know pay the fiddler in the yes. form of someone like the monster or in say Manny Pacquiao's case someone like Errol Spence or Terence Crawford i mean it's great to see these guys win and and it shows you how great they are that they can that they can still be among the best at a weight class at their ages after all of the fights they've been in but then the the payoff is very very cruel. Um, but I, I'm sure, like, look, you talk to a guy like Nonito. He wants this fight. He wants to prove himself. This is if he has to, if he has to be sent to hell. You know, Naoya in in a way is the kind of fighter. Now, of course, everyone knock on wood. You want everyone to be healthy and safe, but. 
you know, this is this. If you want to even it's probably an exaggeration to call this a torch passing fight. I mean, Nonito was never that big of a star star that he has a torch to pass. Yeah. Call this a torture chamber. Yes, that's that's Um, but but (laughs) he may be tortured. um, But um, but in his mind, I'm sure he's passing. He he has a torch to pass. And and who better? Than this rising generational talent that you're talking about, and he's going to go out there and fight his his balls off Rafe until it happens. Had a torch, okay. Um, do you know he lost his second pro fight, a four round decision to Rosendo Sanchez in Va- Vallejo? Is that California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up in that's uh, near the Bay. That's where like E40 is from. Okay, okay. You're right. He really hasn't been handled outside of that. Walter's fight at featherweight, the title, fight. and he almost—if that—if he almost got to Walter's. I mean, he hit him with the left hook in that second round. Walter's was in trouble, but it was at the end of the round, and then Walter's came back and took over with the size. And the only losses since then have been the decision loss to Magdaleno, in which he just got outboxed by a younger man. Honestly, and I scored the- that a draw. Oh, well, here we go, here we go. Getting very Campbell. Saying that that was that that was a very competitive fight. And uh, the the decision lost to Carl Frampton that we all remember as well in Belfast. Was that one close? Actually, I don't remember. It, that. He fought well. It was. It I was mean, Frampton clearly won, but it was one where Nonito was in the fight. It was competitive all the way. Was that an ESPN fight? I don't remember that for some reason. Uh, uh, ESPN Plus probably. Or Rafe, uh, what year was it? Uh, 2018. Okay. Yeah, what I had to. We're be. still sleeping with a lot of women. I did want to go back to one thing there before we roll on. Um, because I got I mentioned on the IA pod I got, I mean I got killed by people, not just critics, fans, trollers, but like people that like supposedly like and respect me on that are friends with me on Twitter, and that's fine. But um, for the for the first three rounds of Canelo Kovalev, and um, how did you score those first three rounds, Rafe? I so I'm I'm I was surprised that you had it that way and then got to the score that you got to because I had it I had Kovalev winning the first two I think the second one was kind of a swing like was pretty close I wasn't I didn't feel great about it but gave it to Kovalev and then Canelo the third Okay I went back in the airport on uh on Sunday and rewatched those first three rounds real closely So again as we always say when I'm scoring from ringside I'm doing a live blog I'm tweeting I'm People are texting me. I mean, there's times that I'm, you know, it's one of those things a lot of times where if I'm way off, let me rewatch it on TV. I'll get back to you. But as we always talk about, Rafe, there's something about the in-arena experience compared to the TV one. Great example is the poster above my head that we just talked about, Donero Rigandau. I don't know if you remember that fight in terms of the scoring, all right? I ended up having, I think it was 14-12 for Rigandau, okay? It was pretty wide. Well, here we go. Everybody who was on my side of the stage, by the way, that was the night I met Eric Raskin. Everybody who was on my side of the Radio City Music Hall stage scored it for Rigandau, but close because those middle rounds where nothing happened at all. Right. He just, yeah, Guillermo kind of just took the entire middle of the fight off, right? Right. Just but walking so around in circles doing nothing. If we weren't scoring that, that, the footwork, we were scoring Donaire's jab, right? Because he was at least right. trying. But yet people on the other side of the ring, like, Max Kellerman, like uh, Harold Letterman, and like the guys that were calling the international feed, they all had it to the equivalent of like, you Near know, shutout. 10 rounds to two for, for yeah. Rigandau, basically. So, and I remember that night because people were killing me on Twitter. So sometimes that can happen, one. And two, like we always talk about, sometimes you can see things clear at ringside that you can on TV. And I still stand by what I saw from ringside, even not having the best seat because Golden Boy backed us up to the back. 
first three rounds, Kovalev was not hitting that jab. He's pawing it and sticking it out there as a rangefinder, but he's not scoring with it. Canelo's swallowing up that jab. Like Brian, that's the same jab he threw the entire fight. That he didn't. How'd you give him rounds later then? Because he didn't start using it as a as a weapon and really hitting with it until. Until he was knocked out. Until the middle rounds, okay? Yeah. So what I'm saying is those first three rounds, I remember the guys who are on my left and right that I'm talking to being like, he's not scoring with that. Canelo's swallowing that up, and then Canelo's countering with like three shots, a body shot, a hook. And I felt pretty confident. So here's the deal. At that he moment that I hit that tweet. Canelo, but he couldn't score with Canelo, and Canelo swallowed. At that, tre- at that point, I tweeted 30-27 to 27 Canelo. Um... I looked over at Keith Eidek, and I'm like, hey, man. He goes, how do you have it? I go, oh, 3 nothing." Canelo. He goes, yeah, 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 that's right. And then I go, oh, wait, hold on, Keith. You know Keith Eidek from Boxing Scene? Great website, by the way. Love me some Keith Eidek. Um, I'm like, hold on, on Twitter, wow. One or two, no, five or six, seven, eight, nine. I go, oh, my God, Keith, everybody has it 3 to nothing. Kovlev. And he's like, what? Guy in the right, some Spanish guy I never met, goes, are you serious? They have it three nothing Kovalev. So everybody in my little area, Rafe, we're not all incompetent. Again, we're sitting back a little bit, not completely ringside. But from that vantage view you have between the ropes, we saw Kovalev not connecting on the jabs. He's just pawing with it. We all comfortably had it three nothing Canelo. And then I go back and I rewatch those three. I'm not trying to be a hipster. I'm trying to be a jerk. I still got it three nothing. And I looked at the punch steps just to see if they could support my argument. Canelo landed two less punches overall in the first three rounds in Kovalev and like 75% of the punches he landed were power shots. And he did it at a much better percentage. Rafe, it's, I'm spitting truth at you. Well, I think I, I agree that Kovalev's jab, at least as a weapon, uh, was not that effective in those early rounds uh, that I, I don't think he was landing it much or, or when it, when it did land, he was basically, it was like, it was like the famous uh, Conor McGregor jab on Floyd that just sort of boops his nose. Right. It wasn't, he was not throwing it with any kind of bad intentions. Um, which is why I was, I remember watching the second round being like, man, that jab really didn't do much. And Canelo started to, to come back with these encounters. Um, but I I remember feeling that early on it was just it was good for Kovalev just that the the fight appeared to be going unfolding in the best possible way for his game plan that that the jab was preventing Koval, Co, Canelo from getting inside from landing too many counters from from getting to the body a lot it was that now of course it's a long term you know you got to do that for more than two three rounds but. At least, look, the, 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 that Kovalev wasn't breaking down yet and, and had a chance to keep doing, look like he could possibly continue on that track, even though I didn't think it was going to happen. It was a possibility. I think he, especially the first round, I don't remember Canelo doing much in that round at Dude, all. I think people weren't watching close enough. They thought, they saw that Mannix had a 3 nothing Kovalev, and they're like, oh yeah, he's out jabbing him when even, CompuBox is like, no, he wasn't. It was like six punches landed people, to five. Lots of, lots of, well, I don't, man, let's, let's, let's just talk about what we saw with our eyes and not these numbers. Like, oh, you know, here we I, go. Here we I go. just, I'm more, I'm on the Pauly side. Like it's, it's a, it's nice. It's a nice thing to have, but I, I, I trust your 
evaluation of what you see more than some numbers. You know, it's just that 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 ain't it for me, yo, man. Yo, 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 relax. All right, people don't want to hear us go down this road again. All I'm saying, everyone out there, and I know who you are. LOL. Uh, shout out to BC's mentions. Yeah, shout out to it, guys. Go back and watch that. The fight sucked in the first three rounds. I'm sorry, Canelo got the upper hand. It is what it is. I don't have to kill myself. I don't no, have you know, to sell my. What about, there's a lot of people other than Chris Mannix, like myself, and forever included, who who gave some of those rounds to Kovalev, right, and, and, and and were scoring round by round. They weren't just. Well, here's they weren't the deal, just... Rafe. Here's the deal. They were kind of shitty rounds where nothing happened. So you can yes. go either way. So to see three nothing Canelo, when I'm at the fight, you're not even at the fight, people. I think I got a pretty good view down there. All oh, right? Just Bigfoot and people. Big time yeah. BC. I'm at the fight. I go to the fight. I get paid to do this for a living. Okay, you called a robbery? It's an effective robbery. It's still a robbery. It's still a robbery, all right? I still called it three to nothing. All right, let's roll on here. Rafe, uh, what round does Inoue send him to hell? Seven. Ooh, okay. It would be the ultimate moral victory if Nonito goes the distance. That would be like, we would all stand up and clap. It would be like the, it would be like Zab Judah against Danny Garcia, right? Is what if yes. I, what yes yeah look I would be yeah for sure what he if, rallied what late if, and what caught if, he Brian, caught Danny he caught him wasn't that a headbutt maybe but he still caught him Rave that Danny still has a, that scar Do you remember that time we were in the bar with Zab yes fifteen it was Campion weekend yes. and I told yes. Zab your greatest victory came in defeat when you stood up to Danny Garcia. I bet he didn't appreciate that, really. He probably thought it was an insult. That's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, he, he had lots of good, 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 de- lots of good defeats to choose from. His greatest oh, defeat was, uh, was Kasi Zhu, of course. Um, <laughs> Jade 80. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, what uh, can, can, what are, what's the chance, Brian, that, especially if, you know, Uwe comes out trying to dominate from the beginning, not showing any respect? Perhaps underestimates Nanito a little bit. I'm not saying Nanito's going to pull off the upset, but could we see something where Nanito catches him, maybe hurts him, maybe drops him? No. And then, and then, you know, get has to get up and, and show some balls it would and, be and just. It'd be great theater. It would be great. And even if he ends up knocking out Nonito, then we still give Nonito the, the applause. He's going to go, he has a stick. He's going to go out on his stick. Ooh, that'd be kind of. Gross and impossible, right? Hopefully, it won't be too. It'll only be you know semi there when no, he, it's actually when he it's your down. stick. Yeah, it's your stick. Um, do you care about this co-main event? Nordin Ubali defends his. I think it's his WBC bantamweight title against Takuma Inoue. I don't really care. Ubali's pretty good. I watched him fight um, Rushy Warren and win that one, and and saw him beat some dude in Kazakhstan earlier this year. Um, I have, but I, I have a fight. One. I have a fight uh, with a, a Thailand guy. Uh, Thailand guy. Uh, Ubali is uh, is looking for trouble though, because he's probably. I think he probably is supposed to win this fight, and I wouldn't want to be the one to defeat. The monster's brother and have the monster come after me in a grudge match. Wow, very Klitschko brother. Like I like that. Um, do you care Thursday night, Tucson, Arizona, UFC fight pass, Rafe? Alex Flores against Mario Herrera, ten rounds heavyweights. Heredia, sorry. Ten rounds heavyweights. Huh? All right. Um, Rafe, I'm gonna fast forward to Saturday night. Fresno, California. You and I once went there. 
It's, it was a magical day and evening. Uh, it's on the plus. No, Jose Ramirez is not in this main event, but yes, I'm sure Evan Korn, the great corner man, will be there. It's a title fight. The fighting Marine Jamel Herring defends his WBO junior lightweight title against Lamont Roach Jr. Do you care? Yeah. Yeah, of course I you care. Really I mean, care. Like, Jamel like Herring, really what? Though? What? You like really care though? I mean, yeah, look, I like I like this. I, I'm interested in Jamel Herring to see just how how good this turnaround, how real this turnaround is for Jamel Herring cuz it might be real. I, I hope that they make the Burchelt unification fight for him next. They're both, you know, affiliated with Top Rank. They've been fighting on ESPN. Let's go make this happen. I know that I know Herring accuses Burchelt of of Ducking it this time around, not necessarily ducking him altogether, but not looking for that fight immediately. So I hope they move towards it. They're fighting on back-to-back weeks in the same division. I'm interested in the this the Brian Bomack McIntyre as as a trainer to the stars. Now he's de- turning into a guy who is turning guy other fighters' careers around. Him and him and Crawford getting in that camp has really helped. Herring out, and I didn't. I heard some rumblings that Regis Progray was going to go train with 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 really? uh, with, with Bomac. I mean, shout out to that. Shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. I like those guys, and I and it's cool to see them doing well. So I'm interested. Co-main event: Kubrat Pulev is back. Speaking of men who are handsy, ten rounds heavyweights against Rydell Booker. Uh, is this this means Pulev's eventually going to fight Tyson Fury, right? I mean, it's better than the Schwaz, right? It is definitely better than the Schwaz. Yeah, yeah. Look, I got nothing against Kubrat Pulev versus Fury down the line. I mean, hopefully those big blokes come through and give us the February Wilder Fury 2 fight they're supposed to give us. But somewhere down the line after that, Pulev is in the mix. Why the hell not? Uh, Plus, well, actually, Pulev, Pulev, he's not going to fight Fury because he's, he's, he's ranked high in... One of the mandatory situations for the winner of AJ Ruiz, so he he ain't gonna be going too soon into the Fury Water, but still. Rafe, deep on this undercard, the young master is back, Amir Imam. You remember this fellow, right? I like that bloke. Used to fight for Don King. He's he got back. out. He he made it out. He survived. He did eight rounds welterweights against Marcos Mojica, and I'm trying to see the last time he fought. Oh, it was March of 2018 when he lost a decision for that title against Jose Ramirez. We haven't seen him since wow. then, Rafe. Wow. Well, I'm glad he's getting his career back in order. It's uh, And obviously, Top Rank is in need of talent and warm bodies uh, at 140 and 147 pounds. So... Your mom has some talent. He, you know, I thought he was going to beat Ramirez. That was that was the first that was the first and last time I I underestimated Jose Ramirez. Um, and um, the good news about Imam is he once beat your Dennis Ugas. The bad news is he once got stopped by Adrian Granados. Rafe. Yeah, that's not great. All right. Also buried on this undercard deep. You remember that Cuban guy that they wrote a Sports Illustrated story about making his pro debut? Robesy Ramirez, and then he oh, yeah. after round and lost. He's back. Sixth round featherweights against Fernando Ibarra de Anda. I don't care yet, man. Yeah, that's cool. Also on Saturday from London, this is ESPN Plus, probably has MKTK Global written all over it. Daniel Egbunike versus Billy Allington, Junior Welterweights, 10 rounds. No one cares, right? Oh, Liam okay. Walsh on this undercard, though. I do not care. All right, Saturday, DAZN, you'll be there. L.A. Staples Center. 
It's all going to go down. Sixth round cruiserweight bout. Pro debuts for both. The headgear's off. The, the, the tight gloves are on, Rafe. The shirts are off. It's KSI. It's Logan Paul. Just to recap, when they fought in Manchester, was it this year or last year? I don't really remember. It had to be, I don't know, sometime. When they fought in England that time, it's they scored it a split draw, but one judge did have it for KSI. Now, Logan Paul has said he's the boxer of the two. KSI, at a certain point in the first fight, was getting technically outclassed. You heard him mention that on this show. Turned into the puncher, turned into the animal, and worked his way back into that fight. Both have predicted a knockout. Logan Paul has predicted murder, Rafe. I hope not. Uh, Six-round cruiserweights. Do we actually see, with the headgear off, somebody go down? And that's it. I think there's a there's certainly a chance, right? I mean, both of these guys are probably don't aren't that good at evading punches. Um, it, 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 and if they go after it, it it's not that that far fetched to think that, that that it could be fun action, sloppy. I mean, who that? I really don't know. Anything could happen. It could be boring. Could be disgusting. It could be. It could. It could go in a lot of different ways, Brian. Um, what do you make of this this talk? From KSI, why? What is wrong? Why are we? I, I listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth, Brian? It's disgusting just talking about this. But what do you make of this story KSI is throwing around out there that he knocked out a, a, a pro in the Mayweather boxing gym and sparring, and that he's he and and he thinks that he could stick around and beat other professional yeah, fighters and what is going on with this Logan stuff? Paul said the same thing on this show I, I no 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 you want to keep do you want to fight the CM Punks of the world you want to keep doing ish like that fine that's fine don't don't f around here all right um I do care though they got I interviewed both they got me Karen I was impressed by their actual boxing ability the first time around they did respect the sport despite how absurd this is in theory which means Basically, we're allowing these guys to paper to be like pay-per-view headliners and push other people down onto the undercard. Still, with that said, I think it's going to be action. I think KSI stops him. How about that, Rafe? Wow, who's gonna? Who's? Uh, it's only six rounds, but they might. They very well might gas. Right? They aren't. Even though they're training hard, they aren't used to this sport in that way. I guess they've they've been sparring. You know, sparring rounds, getting rounds in, so they they expect to be able to make it through the fight, but. Guys, this inexperienced, it's not crazy to to imagine there could be some there could be some load watches on Saturday night. <laughs> Hopefully, no one throws one. Rafe, um, do you have a prediction, or you don't care? How? Do, well, okay, why? I, I also want to. Why is Logan Paul a favorite? Is just because he he's the bigger celebrity here in the states? I don't understand that either. Really, to be honest, why, how could people, you even handicap this? Because I think people watched that first fight and, and saw that Logan Paul was the better boxer. KSI got aggressive and attacked him. Logan Paul has a, is giving off the appearance that he's the actual better boxer. But I mean, with with the headgear off and they just start swinging, you never know. It's really whoever, really. I mean, does it really matter, Rafe? No, it doesn't. Could it help boxing or DAZN? Probably, but. Hey, Dazon, you kind of just sold your soul to to make Canelo wait 90 minutes by laying on a couch. I don't know how you're going to get off of that. Pretty, you know. No, 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 no. no. Sorry, yeah. Canelo. This is this is this is Logan's night. Yeah, seriously. Uh, co-main event: Rafe Billy Joe Saunders defending his WBO Super Middleweight title against Marcelo Esteban Coseres. Yeah. Have you seen the the this guy's box rec? It is Esteban. incredible. Like the 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 people somebody put together. 
his cumulative like the the cumulative win loss record of his opponents and it's like it's just just dog dog poop man so this is a nice showcase um, fight to show so this isn't a showcase, showcase fight what you you don't want to put the, for for all the video game and youtube fans out there uh well you don't want to showcase billy you put billy joe saunders in a showcase fight and he just ends up not then he just doesn't bother fighting because he knows he doesn't have to against bums you got to put him in t- against a, a little bit tougher and, so that he'll at least have an effort true uh coseras is 28 0 and 1 he's from argentina the 28-year-old's mm. nickname, El Terrible. But his last f- bout was against a guy who was 7-5-5, five, and five, Rafe. Yeah. yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah, all right. Let's That's a championship it. fight, baby. This is a long-ass show. I thought we were going to do like 40 minutes here, Rafe. We did two hours plus. Uh, Devin Haney is going to defend his his newly bumped-up WBC lightweight title. On Dan Rayfield's schedule, it's versus TBA. Did they find him an opponent for this non-farcical fight yet, Rafe? Yeah, I did hear about it. It is. Uh, I, I heard that it's not bad. Somebody, somebody experienced who's kind of a tough out. You know, tough, uh, tough bloke takes a good punch. I don't know. Haney's either going to knock him out or, or win in a shutout. Great right? research done by both of us. Alfredo Santiago is the name, right? If I, I have a fight with some Spanish guy. He's from Spain. Uh, Latin guy. Racist guy from Puerto Rico, Rafe, 12 and 0 with four KO. Sorry, from lives in Puerto Rico from the Dominican, 24 years old. He's 12 and 0 with four knockouts, Rafe. He did oh. beat Jonathan Victor Barros. Oh, oh, only eight years after Mikey sent him to hell. He did beat Jason Velez. Jason Velez is really on a hot streak these years. He did beat Rafael Marquez, but not that Rafael Marquez. <laughs> Oh, good to know. Okay, okay, all right. That's it. That's it, Rafe. Uh, let's 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 play out the string here. Uh, I I don't think you care about this undercard. Ronnie Rios is back. You don't you don't care. No, no. I like Ronnie Rios, but I don't really care. All right, Saturday in San Antonio, no TV, but Rafe, James Kirkland is back. He's going to headline a card in which he faces Jazz Phipps, J A S, Jazz Phipps. The New Orleans Nightmare in a six-round middleweight bout. Phipps is ten and seven with five KOs. And when you're talking about Kirkland and the distance that this fight might be fought at, I told my team the other day. I say I want to be on on him so close, it's gonna feel like we're. F-ing. I want him to smell my breath, smell my tension. If I haven't showered in three days, I want him to smell the must. I want him to smell and, and understand that I'm here. For a dog fight, Kirkland wants to show him I want to drag your ass through the mud and <laughs> see if you can still stay clean. And I feel like it's going to be a great fight. Thank you so much for your time. Really, <laughs> I love for- Lamps is like, you're psychotic. Get out of Lamps. my face. Thank you. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Um, Brian, that is the most that, that, that is of all of the horrible <laughs> sound drops that we play. That one. Makes me uncomfortable in a way that no one, no other one does. Yeah, all the stuff we talk about throwing loads, yeah. nothing comes close to Kirkland. Yeah, yeah. all right. Nice. Uh, we they're telling us we have to end the show. Also Saturday, Ciudad Cuauhtémoc, Mexico. Oh, it's a title fight, Rafe. Fatuma Zurika will defend her WBO Women's Junior Featherweight title against Yamaleth Mercado. Ten rounds of rematch, Rafe. You in? Come on, Brian. What the, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I know. I know. I know, Rafe. That woman judge. 
who did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, all right. I think that might be it, Rafe. I got bad. Uh, what do you call that? Yes. Odge. When what? I say Odge, you know what I mean? No. My wife looks at me weird when I say that. Heartburn. Heartburn. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> I'm dying over here, Rafe. Well, you know, put the quesadillas down. Oh, stop that. Just, I mean, what is it? What are you, Dan Rayfield? I mean, come on. Come on, Rafe. All right. That's the show this week. Rafe, thanks for your time. You jacked on the fans, but you came back, okay? You jacked back, right? This is kind of a jack back. You could call it that. You could you could say that I jacked back. All right. I mean, the fans on Saturday night, they hit me up on Twitter. Quite frankly, this brother's feeling a little bit ripped off. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rich. That's the show for this week. Follow him at Rafe Bugs on Twitter. Rafe, you got any other projects on the horizon, or we just... Actually, you got a project in your job with the athletics, so best of luck this weekend. That's right. You know, continue to subscribe and read my work at the athletic, and as well as the everything we're doing there with boxing. We got some fun end of the year stuff, some end of the decade content planned with myself, Mike Coppinger, and Lance Pugmire. You know, we just we we living, baby. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Please follow us elsewhere. I don't care anymore. It's over. I'm really sick. I'm. I got Vegas. I got Vegas dripping out of all my orifices right now, Rafe. You need a you need a sanitary wipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dig it again! Dig it again! Yeah, yeah, that's gross. We're out of here. Thank you, guys. We out. Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What about when your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.